0: Homeowner, well, man, that's I'm, pretty exciting, man. That's pretty exciting, Rich. You gotta be, you guys gotta be pretty stoked. Yeah, so I'm just like, so I just got home from work. All right, so it's been a crazy day. So I had my bike stolen a couple, or not a couple weeks, a couple days ago, which is my fault. I didn't lock it up. I was like, hey, let's test out the Bozeman trust here, and I failed. <laughs> uh, sounds but, like the, Bo-
1: the Bozeman trust failed.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. The trust was was breached. But at work, we've got these two ridiculous. Like, small bikes with extra seats, like, in the back, so you, like, bike with your kid, I guess? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but they're not, like, particularly safe for a little kids, so I don't know what size or age of person should be riding on the back of the bike as the second rider. But they are like Burberry plaid and they are electric <laughs> assist bikes and they fit no human being. They are so.
1: They're just for use, like the employees to just. Well, can I guess you fit, so? can you fit like, like a th- crate of beer in the back, in that, in the baby seat in the back? It, uh, that, I don't like know. Yeah. I, like,
0: I don't know what the. Do you like, are we supposed to like tow? Tags mm-hmm. or something with them. I, I don't get it, but mm. they. Um, uh, it got me home, which I'm stoked about. There I was go. gonna be super super late for this call, but I got home and actually had ten minutes to spare. And Phoebe's at home, and she's just gone to the farmer's market and picked up a bunch of corn and cooked corn, and we got beautiful sweet peas Keeping all over corn. the house and, that are like blocking all the the boxes and disarray we have since we just moved. But um, it was just so like homey to come home on Aww. my crazy little electric you found, bike. You found your February forever plant.
1: home, as they say in the pet. But, in the pet business, right? I guess so. Yeah, hopefully. adoption yeah. business, right? Is that what they say? I don't know. This Maybe is getting a little children sad. With foster care. No. Yeah, yeah. I, I take it back. I'll rewind. I'll cut it. Yeah. I'll cut it. I'll listen <laughs> back, and if it makes you sound like a monster, like all the other stuff that does, I'll just cut it. Like yeah. Usual. <laughs> Um, that's uh, great you talk. should
0: work on having feelings, Matty. Oh, no,
1: I'm just—I'll just edit. I'll just edit, <laughs> cut it out. That's easier, nice. yeah.
0: And uh, I've cracked open a beer. Beautiful. I can't find glassware yet. It's this is just this is a seat in my pants, yeah. and I'm loving every minute of that's it. That's
1: great. Fun. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. You know what? <laughs> hey, everybody! Time for a sip of liquid bread. I'm Maddie Smith, and with me, as always, is star of stage and screen, Larry Bates. <laughs>
2: what's happening what's happening i'm helping i'm hyping you i love it and also with me
1: also with me is master cicerone the beer handling honcho rich higgins (laughs) hi that's what the honcho
0: says Uh, hi Hi. that's
1: (laughs) a good honcho Uh, so you know what (laughs) this is it everybody this is the episode you've all been waiting for it's exciting Mm. it's exhilarating it. it is time to learn how to store and pour your beer
3: Booyah! There you go.
2: Starting <laughs> and pouring, babe. I was it's hoping for a booyah.
1: Here we go. Yeah. Before we get to Rich uh, teaching everybody, there's all kinds of fun stuff and all sorts of questions everyone has about how to keep your beer fresh and in its best taste condition, um and also you know how to pour it, both to be classy and also again to preserve that taste. You know, Rich is all about honoring the beer. But before that, I'll talk about a couple of things that are going on right now. Rich, you let me you tipped me onto this we're running out of co2 apparently
0: that's right we're running out of gas Ooh. yeah what?
1: well i didn't i mean honestly i guess i you know i never i never bothered to wonder where co2 comes from you know just the <laughs> co2 fairy but uh i guess most uh commercially used co2 comes from ethanol production for gasoline you know which is used to make gasoline and because nobody's driving right. due to covid the beverage industry, which I guess is third in commercial use of CO2 behind food industry and dry ice, uh, we're running low on CO2. So we're running – what are we running – what all are we not running low on? Because we're running low on cans. We're running low on CO2.
0: Peace, Louise. We're running low on spirits and hope. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> got a lot of sad. <laughs> we have
1: a dark podcast. So –
0: so it's yeah, really. I just made it very dark. Uh, the ethanol thing. So it's funny. You always. I was actually talking to a friend about this, not a friend, well, a friend, but a coworker at work today about the uh, the CO two shortage. I was like, yeah, well, so the ethanol industry is the primary producer of CO two. Yeah. I was like, wait a second. What do we do? We produce ethanol, which is yeah. alcohol, and you know through fermentation, and CO two is a byproduct. Unfortunately, we are not able to capture it just because we, we could technically breathe in
1: bags and then.
0: Yeah, filter it through our lungs. It It, it would cost like billions of dollars for us, I mean, for any brewery to recapture it. So only really large breweries can make that uh, financial investment to recapture it. And it's a great thing to do, but most breweries just don't have the the resources Mm -hmm. to do it. But yeah, so I was like, you know, it's just funny to think like ethanol. When you talk about ethanol, you think of... This additive going into gasoline, which Mm -hmm. is kind of weird and perverse, but the fact is ethanol is just alcohol. So, you know, that's what we all like to drink, too. So, you can, I'm not saying anyone should drink their gasoline. It sounds like uh, you're
2: saying we should drink the
0: gasoline. dark, Rich. Well, I guess I said, yep. (laughs) It's a new normal, folks. (laughs) Good thing we don't have lawyers.
1: Uh, Month five (laughs) of quarantine is... Uh, Do
0: not drink your gasoline. (laughs) Do not drink your gasoline. (laughs) This reminds me of the uh, Zoolander scene (laughs) at the gas station. <laughs> you guys know the one I'm talking oh, about. Oh yeah.
1: Maybe the, not. Yeah, orange mocha frappuccinos, of course.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. of course. <laughs> exactly. Wake me up before you go, go Uh so anyway, if the um yeah, so no one's if this has happened a few times in the past few years where uh CO two there's a shortage and breweries have to adapt. I'm not quite sure whether this is going to hit us this super hard or not. It's just a kind of a dire warning and uh it might lead to a lot of innovation among breweries. Uh, might be doing more uh, yeah. can conditioning and bottle conditioning to yeah, uh, yeah. to carbonate the beer, you know, naturally in the in the package. I don't know. We'll see. Well, that's the
1: thing. Yeah, that's kind of what I wonder. And I know, Rich, you don't necessarily know the answer because I don't know that anyone really knows. But it's like, are any of these that things? Hurts, all that this? Hurts. Well, no. I, no. <laughs> all right. Well, no one really. That's no true. Really I should just challenge you first. <laughs> <laughs> like, are we in danger of running out of things? And I know, like, beer is obviously not the most important thing. Ultimately, I mean, it's very well, important. Depends, Rich, Rich, I'm sorry. Let me add. stop that before I know. I, I really just remember, I remembered who yeah. I was talking to. But I'm just saying, like. Are we going to run out of CO2 for beer? Like, is is that a real legitimate danger? Are we really going to run out of cans? I mean, obviously, the actual effect is probably just going to be, like, economic.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it's a real threat, I would say. You know, talking about supply and demand, it's not going to increase the supply. It's, uh, you know, the demand is still there. And so it's just going to increase the prices. And maybe there will be less... Beer out there less Mm -hmm. less beer that you can get through you know the the channel that we're used to at this point which is primarily the grocery store the the beer specialty shop you know most people are not going to restaurants and bars right now because of covid and so yeah it's definitely a real threat and it's there's a you know so i'm i'm a big you know liberal environmentalist and all this stuff like i understand the the perverseness of like you know, lamenting the fact that the, that we're running out of industrial CO2 to, yeah. to help produce beer. Yeah, but the fact yeah. is – and I had this, like, huge guilt issue about this when I got into craft brewing because I was like, oh, my God, do you see how much CO2 we're releasing from our beer tanks mm-hmm. every time we ferment a beer? You know, there's a ton of CO2 that's released. You know, you talk about naturally carbonated beers where they capture the CO two. They're not capturing all the CO two. They're capturing maybe ten percent of the CO two. If you captured all the CO two from a fermentation, the beer would be completely unruly. It would be, you know, three Ooh. or four times as carbonated as as champagne. You know, I'm it's like it's just beer. completely undrinkable. <laughs> yeah, like, you, your like head will. Ginger little beer. beer. I'd yeah, I'd like to try. Like try. we I'd like to try it. P- <laughs> Pitch it <laughs> at the brewery, <laughs> Rich. Pitch it. Just <laughs> give like it a snorting try. pop rocks. <laughs> uh, so, but the thing is, it is. Is a loop okay? So to make ethanol, sorry, to like for making beer, we're using an annual grain, Mm -hmm. you know, barley for the most part um, that grew from nothing in that year. Okay, and what did it grow from? It grew from a lot of inputs like sunlight, but also CO two, right? Plants consume CO two, and so you can sequester CO two to help uh, fight global warming and help you know reduce uh, atmospheric CO two levels. So that's like the redwoods of California, like really long term, or like old school tall grass prairie and things like that. That sequesters CO two because the plants take it up and sit on it for hopefully forever, because mm-hmm. humans are not going to harvest those. So but the for plants something are like hoarding an CO two. The plants, are, well, the plants right. are
1: hoarding it all to themselves, and we need it for our beer. <laughs> <laughs> so say, it like I'm, I'm learning. It. I'm learning here. But then
0: it gets released when, when you know, so the the um, the annual crops, whether it's rice or soybeans or barley, you know, once they get harvested and then used, then it releases CO2. But it's the same CO2 that six months earlier the plant took out of the atmosphere. So it's not really a net.
1: Right. Okay.
0: You know, it's not a net addition of CO2 into the atmosphere. So I feel a little bit better about that. And so ethanol for like, you know, for gasoline um, that's primarily from corn. So again, an annual crop that is soaking up CO2 in March, April, May, and then releasing it when it gets used to make ethanol, you know, later in the year. I don't know. I'm sort of un unguilting myself <laughs> washing my hands of being part of this, uh, <laughs> this, this trade in, you know, a greenhouse gas, but blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm going to sit and drink some beer.
3: <laughs>
1: I guess this is one of those ones that we're just letting people know, running low on CO2. Not much you could do at home to uh, fix this. I don't want encu- to encourage well, people to just buy more gasoline. And yeah, start driving no reason. more. Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we need more joyriding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Another story I saw kind of on tangentially related, it's environmentally related. Um, rich do you know much about this i've seen that a lot of breweries are starting to use treated wastewater to help conserve water
0: oh cool it's interesting wait wait. to do to
2: do what to make
1: beer larry what if i gave you a beer you drink the beer you sip it it's delicious the it's the bubbles the the taste on your tongue it's perfect balance it's Eh. got malty goodness the the Eh. hoppiness is perfect and then i told you this was used toilet water
2: Nah, it sounds like it would taste like shit.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but this is the thing: I, a few breweries are starting to do it. The one, the one listed Seriously? in the article, yeah, the one article, the the one brewery in the article, it said among many, so I can't say that the only one doing it was Village mm. Brewery in Calgary. Since I guess uh, brewers use an average of seven gallons of water to make one gallon of beer, uh, mm. they are starting to, you know, as another way of conserving water, they're taking wastewater and they're treating it. It's processed. Yeah, but are we?
2: I mean, but are we? I, I mean, you're telling it's me it's perfectly this safe. Ends I mean. But I mean, it ends up being the part of the thing that I'm drinking.
1: Yes, it's that's it's oh, the water good. that they use. It's the water that they I mean, use. They're not using it. So to, they, they're
2: not using it to cool the wort. Nothing like that. No, they're know? not cooling
1: the wort. They're they're putting it in. It's in the beer. I, I mean, maybe it's also cooling the wort and doing cooling. everything else. But um, yeah, they do all these I, all these steps. Can we they ultrafiltration, oxidation, reverse osmosis. They test it. We got to take so a quick clean. step back here. Yes, sir. Can
0: I just tell you guys how glad I am to hear you talk about cooling the wort? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh, cool We're learning. We're like fantastic.
0: We listen. Look like at nerdy, nerdy technical thing
2: about. Behavior. I mean, I love I talking about cooling okay. words. I think I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay <laughs> with that. I don't know about.
1: But that's but that's sell me on it. But, but, but here's the thing.
2: You I you sell on me on drinking my shit water But it's clean. They clean it. They clean it.
1: They clean it and they test it. It's this whole thing cuz it's, you know, they want to be able like this is a technology that's not just used for beer. So it's used for other things too and there's whole studies and institutes dedicated to Maddie, if I came to your house and taking, you're like,
2: "Hey man, would you like a glass of water?" and i was like, <laughs> "Sure." And you're like, just so you know, this was our shit water. <laughs> I don't know if I would drink it, but it's but perfectly I, fine. It's been treated. What if
1: I said like, what if I said it's been ultra filtered? Whatever ultra filtering is, it's been oxidized. We've used all threw these up. things. We tested it. There's no up. It is clean water. Well, they're trying to get rid of the stigma, though. They're trying to. Yeah, Listen,
2: trying I, understand to... Gotta, yeah. I understand. We gotta. understand. We gotta recycle, <laughs> and we gotta do this. So my question is: Are they
1: telling you that it's retreated water, or um? I don't know. Sure I don't know. To. I don't know if they legally have to. I mean, if it's been that's a good question. That wasn't that didn't come up in the uh, thing. I guess can Villa, I, the village brewery have been outed, I guess, so we know that they're doing it. Um, can I they've been they've been outed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> from Calgary, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can I can I add some perspective here? Yes. Uh you guys live in Los Angeles. Okay. You're about as Hell downstream yeah. as it gets, all right? <laughs> so you are drinking a lot of Colorado Colorado <laughs> River water. You're drinking a lot of uh shoot what's the stuff from that hashtag hold on hold on time out time out time out time out
2: time out time out If you're about to tell me that the water I drink normally is shit water let's stop <laughs> this right
0: now you don't even
2: have to go further
0: Larry let's play the opposite game it's mm. not not, I don't know how to play the opposite game. Yes, it's shit water, okay? Every what? municipality, sh- well, hopefully they're doing a proper job of treating the, w- the wastewater. And where does the wastewater go? It goes into the stream system, okay? And then it goes downstream and whatever municipality is you know, adjacent to and downstream takes that water up again and uses it. You know, it's the municipal water supply it gets pre-treated. And then after it becomes wastewater, it gets treated again and then reintroduced into the wastewater. Sorry, not the wastewater stream, but the, the regular surface water stream. All right. So you guys are getting, you know, third, fourth, fifth use water. Uh, if you're drinking the the water down in Los Angeles, and I, I don't I mean I can't, I can't believe you called us downstream
1: LA, but... as it gets.
0: Oh wow! Never
1: oh, been, look, I've, you're I've at never been sea called level. downstream before. Oh,
0: wow, brother. If Gee, you are man. at sea level, you are using the oldest, most used water. Okay, <laughs> right. if you're oh, up at whoa, five thousand wow. feet, like Denver has fresher water than you do. Uh, here's right? my thing: I'm moving to Denver. <laughs> I'm only getting beer from Denver.
1: <laughs> here's my thing. I mean, I totally I get I get Larry's thing. I do feel it's like there's a mental hurdle, and I get that thing of like i could be told a million times this is clean like look a scientist a very smart scientist tested this water and has nothing in it but it is it's hard to it's hard to get over the mental hurdle of knowing that like someone you know took a squat on your in your in your beer <laughs> anyway you know by i guess we got used to it because i feel like you know 10 years down the line in the future all we're going to drink is toilet water right and this,
2: ladies and gentlemen, was Liquid Bread.
1: <laughs> happy bearing. Happy, happy beer, bearing. happy bearing.
2: <laughs> happy bearing. This is our watering. final episode. And this is the final
3: episode of
1: Liquid <laughs> bread. So, I guess, you know, I mean, for those who, you know, are are open minded, I don't even know it's open minded, but if you're on board, you know, Village Brewery in Calgary is one of the ones. Go and support them. They are, it's, it's, it's environmentally helpful. I yeah. mean,
2: it is a, it is a trip. What it's if, it, <laughs> what if it was like the best beer that <laughs> like you've ever tasted, you yeah. know, well, where you're well, just like, are, yeah. I am just going to say, you just wake up and you're like, I have to go have this beer. <laughs> <laughs> like it's the, the best, the, the, the best beer you've ever tasted. Like lots of foam, you know, the aroma <laughs> is fantastic. It just sits on your palate.
0: It's, it's a uh, sessionable. There you
1: go, Rich. Sessionable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well done. Other words.
0: It's a b- nice brown and yellow IPA. Oh, oh okay. Okay. <laughs> <move> okay. <on. laughs> now I'm going uh, to. You words. know
1: what? One thing I think I always <laughs> want to talk about these things. And so, you know, I'm going to invent a segment. I meant to come up with a name of it. And my placeholder name was Fun Beer Flavors Around the World. So I'm just going to say that for now, but I'll think of a better one later. <laughs> but a real uh ring to it, Maddie. But are... Are you a writer, you're a writer, man, you're a writer. God, I am. A... God, <laughs> don't remind me. Yeah, there are just a lot of like cool, weird beer flavors. This is. I feel like this is very American. Not that elsewhere it's not done, but it feels like craft. Maybe Rich, is that crazy to say? And it feels like in America, there's a big movement of like weird, crazy flavors.
0: Without a doubt. It's not only in the US, but yeah, without a doubt. Let's, let's figure out what sort of crazy stuff we can put in our beer. Yeah. There's also the the reverse movement is the beer flavored beer. (laughs) Uh, movement, mm. which I'm a, I'm a big fan of myself.
1: Oh, the, the one that kind of sparked this and just wanting to talk about this was Oscar Blues did a French's Mustard beer. It was National Mustard <laughs> beer. And the way they wrote it up was, this is mustard that's sipped, not squeezed, which I don't think sounds appealing to me, to be honest, but that's all right. Sip, not oh, squeeze. But for National clear. Mustard Day, we created the brightest brewski you'll ever taste, perfect for summer barbecues. It's a semi-tart tropical wheat beer infused with citrus fruits to complement French's classic yellow mustard. So it is brewed with with French's yellow mustards in there. And it says mm-hmm. the flavor includes hints of key lime, lemon, tangerine, and passion fruit. It doesn't say it includes mustard flavor. To create a tart, refreshing match for the spice and zip of the mustard. Grab a can mm-hmm. and see for yourself. After all, it's mustard o'clock somewhere. Wait, did you try it? I d- <laughs> no, here's the thing. I had kind of heard of it, and then I went to look for it, and I went on the site, and it was like a limited, I mean, they, you can get it at Oscar Blues, I guess, in the tap
0: room. Yeah, because they, otherwise, they, they it was a limited that, release. that they shouldn't. I they should the make a lot of mustard beer. <laughs> yeah,
1: they didn't make. It's not a wide release, well, Larry. No. We missed the drop. We didn't. What do you you know, We, think we, we the always past- talk about drops of
2: shoes. We I'm, I'm looking around like now. It's like buy online. Hold on.
0: Okay. What do you guys Maybe. think of the tropical <laughs> stuff, the passion fruit and all that? Why, I mean, why that is all, that, that in there? That that
1: like, well, that's the th- that's the. Th- I mean, that's the thing that kind of I'm very makes me very curious about this beer because a lot of that makes sense and I can kind of see the soury flavor. Basically, when I think yeah. of like the tart passion fruit, tart fruity flavors. I kind of sure. can see the tang of mustard matching that in a way and kind of coming into play there. But I'm also very curious because it does say it was brewed with French's mustard. Mm-hmm. We
2: should be able to find this somewhere. We should be able to find it.
1: It seems hard to find. You can't order it anymore. It was like it sold out no, online. I see. Unfortunately.
0: I see. It says it's sold out. Yeah. I think it's course, next yeah. to the ketchup and the pickles in the uh, in aisle. Hey, by. speaking of pickles, <laughs> did, did you cop me a pickle beer or what?
1: <sighs> no.
2: Well, speaking speaking of the pickle beer,
1: wait, Rich, was the, the pickle beer was from Martin House, right? Yeah, because Martin, Dallas, yeah, because so Martin so. House in Dallas Fort Worth. There was another beer, another one of the beers that I found that sounds really interesting. Okay, so Larry, I'm going to tell you the name of this beer, and I want you to guess what it is meant to taste like. All right. Okay. The beer is called Fiery Crunchy Cheese Boys.
2: <laughs> Does this to taste like Cheetos?
1: Not just Cheetos. Cheetos. It's supposed to. Like be, flay, it's a flaming That's hot Cheetos beer. It's a spicy. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Hot Cheetos. Yeah. yeah, it's a spicy sour ale that clocks in at five point two percent ABC a, ABV. Oh, I says ABC, but I copy <laughs> it and pasted from a, a, yeah the yeah. website. I'm, I'm um, down. I'm down to eat it. Honestly, I'm it sounds interesting. It. I, I don't know, know that agree I've agree. ever had a beer though that was spicy on its own. Like I've had beers that were like a Michelada or something that have had a spice to them, but I don't know that I've had a beer that had spice in it.
0: As chili beers, man, chili beers. I don't know. Delicious. You oh, understand. you know what? I've had a
1: jalapeno IPA from uh, Ballast Point. What? I'm just. I hope so. Oh yeah. i just remembering. the
0: habanero oh, you. Oh, that one.
1: That's the one. Actually, sorry. Is it's it jalapeno. pretty
0: spicy? It was it really. Habanero is. I was
1: surprised by that. It was. Yeah. I was like drinking a. Where, a has this, where has this been all my life? San Diego,
2: Larry. Oh well, I, I'm going to be in San Diego.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, you soon, are for like
2: for like a month. Hold on a second.
1: You got to hope Ballast Point oh. survives till then.
2: Oh, I'm gonna have to try to order some and get it delivered. Habanero sculpted.
0: Yeah, the habanero. It's there. It's yeah. not a beer that's You're trying to make friends. You're right, it yeah, is, I'm glad you remember it's that. A really yeah. spicy beer. Yeah, I honestly, like, it honestly, really spicy? honestly, I would say yeah. it was
1: a little spicy for me. I can have spicy foods and stuff, but I was like just in the mood for drinking beers, and I remember now that you, I remember it being too spicy for me in terms of like what I was looking for. Like I got a flight, and I was like, oh, I'm not yeah. in the mood for like a spicy something that spicy in the middle of it.
0: No, it's it's out um, to get you.
1: Yeah, so I'm very that's curious. That's the problem
0: with habaneros. Habaneros taste so good. They, they're so yeah, fruity I know, but and they're unique. They're so
2: hot. But, but they're so there's hot. they just so hot. To really hot. get the so hot.
0: flavor, you risk
2: death. I agree. They're so hot. Like, I love mm. the flavor of a habanero, yes. but I, I was just talking to my brother the other day. Like, he eats habaneros like candy. Like, he can just get them <laughs> <and> eat them. <laughs> nice. And I'm like, habanero, I love the flavor, but that's where my, like, heat index kind of like mm. <laughs> you know maxes out or, yeah, yeah maxes out when I'm done. However, Tabasco Ooh. Tabasco I just went on a you know because I'm at home not doing anything. I just popped like every flavor of Tabasco ever made. And Tabasco has a habanero Tabasco. And the great thing about okay. habanero I mean Tabasco is I feel like it's more vinegary than it is totally. Picing. Yeah. And so the Habanero the, the Habanero Tabasco it's not that bad. It's actually great. Mm. You get the flavor of the habanero, but it oh, doesn't right. like set your
0: mouth ablaze. Mm-hmm. So, well, well cool. Don, sign me up because yeah. I love that flavor. But yeah, it's me just a little too, too spicy. But
1: it's oh really, it's really yeah. sounding like Martin House in Dallas, Fort Worth is is Larry your your favorite new brewery that you've never been to. Actually, not new. I, I know. Right yeah. But we as soon as this all, we is gotta over. go. Yeah, we gotta go have, have be that best made my... pickle juice beer. Oh, I'm the... The fiery, fiery, crunchy cheese boys and boy, <laughs> boys is of great. course spelled B um, <laughs> O oh, I S. Oh, was then,
0: hoping for B O Y Z.
1: Well, B O I S is like the new B O Y Z. It's like the the post. It sounds like a wine term.
0: <laughs> they say in in wine speak, they they boisé means something sort of like oaky. Boise. <laughs> I don't think they I mean oaky. Wood.
1: I don't think in this case it means
0: that. <laughs> yeah, it's a heavily French oak <laughs> Cheeto beer. Uh-huh.
1: Um, and then the last one I'll just mention it's quickly. Like this, this, this one made a little more sense. So these, this sounded just tasty, I feel like, if done right. But uh, Harpoon Brewery over in uh, Boston, in, Bo- in Massachusetts, yep. uh, they're, doing, they're, doing like, they're doing like a Dunkin' Donuts collab. So they're doing a bunch of sure. Dunkin' Donuts Ooh. beers. They're doing a Boston Cream, which is a dry Irish stout made with real Dunkin' Donuts and cacao nibs, which add mm-hmm. extra dough-like and chocolatey notes to it. But I, I kind of wanted to ask you, Rich, how do you make a How do you make a beer with real donuts? Like at what? What can you Instead take of, a just a made donut and somehow put it into a beer?
0: Well, you don't put it into the beer. You put the beer into the donut. Instead of using a regular filter press to push the beer through to strip out the yeast and all that, you actually just use donuts. So
3: oh, wow! It's whoa. a, a so gravity-fed
0: like... system. Yeah, it's 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 pretty. Kind of standard, oh. actually. But, um, hmm. I mean, oh, every brewery right. has a donut filtration device. Oh,
1: fine. I okay. have no idea. There are no rules <laughs> oh, okay. for this. Rich, so- I don't know when you're fucking with us. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you believe that? That's great. <laughs> well, I, I, the, the filter thing made sense? I'm like, oh yeah, they felt they soak it, soak some donuts, goes on. Oh, <laughs> he was he was joking. Yes, he was, he joking. was joking. He's lying. Oh,
0: man, I'm a, I'm <laughs> online trying to find this mustard beer. <laughs> at mountains walking where I brew in Montana here, we have a, a beer that we call sweets and uh, we typically come up with flavor combinations that are, I mean, they're not like, you know, earth shattering flavor combinations. Cause they're actually combos that are done down the street at the bakery. Uh, there's a bakery called wild crumb. That's like two blocks away and they're just mm. awesome. We absolutely love that food. And they have, um, uh, tons of pie crusts that they give us uh, when we're going to brew sweets, and uh, we'll actually put the the pie crust into the mash. So I mm. can't really promise that they okay. actually add the flavor of pie crust, but it's still sort of like it. You know, it closes the loop a little gotcha. bit. And, are- I, I, and I promise this will be
2: the. I think I think it'll be the last time I mentioned mentioned the mustard beer. <laughs> but I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here really upset that we miss this mustard beer. I know. Beer I'm
1: mad. I, I honestly, I knew it was coming out too. I feel like an idiot. Maddie! I, I Well, I knew it was coming out. And but I didn't yeah. know it was like a limited release that they were gonna do. So then I, I honestly that, thought they were just gonna make cans of it. And I, because Oscar Blues, I can find everywhere. You know, I can find. Maddie, I can find here's, whatever. Here's, here and is stuff. the thing. Here is here is
2: the thing. What's
1: the thing, Larry?
2: Our really good. We have a, my,
1: your, your
2: good friend, and my brother-in-law uh-huh. is a master cicerone. That's true. We
1: can make us this beer. Oh, we can make it. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yes. Rich, you he, gotta get
0: on it, buddy. Rich he can make, make, this make his version. <laughs> if you guys want, if tell you what, I'll give you a recipe. I'll come up with a recipe. You no, no, a home-brew. no, 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 no. We're skipping. Part. I don't want the recipe. I want to drink what you made. <laughs> but you've never homebrewed. You're always talking about homebrew. Make the beer,
1: right? Rich. I have homebrewed.
0: I've homebrewed a couple of times. Okay, you got me so <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so let's let's do this. I'll send you the recipe. You brew the beer, and French's okay. mustard beer is gonna happen in, in your own apartment okay okay no th- listen this is
1: look look Come Larry on, Larry Larry here's the I'm thing R- Larry I would I would yes. agree with you I would have rich do it but rich really needs to hunker down and focus on the high co2 beer he's gonna make for us that's gonna literally blow our <laughs> minds okay <laughs> We we need an. Oh. Do, I, want, I want I want the high bubble beer. Can, can he do both? Can he do both? I don't know. That's a lot to ask. Or maybe he's, un, he got, he's unpacking. Yeah. I don't know. He's got a lot. Maybe of beer it could right be now. a
2: high. Maybe it could be a high bubble, a high CO two.
1: Rich's mustard beer. beer. <laughs> Look, those bubbles will cut the mustard. It'll be great. Hey, Rich, <laughs> hey, I really want this mustard. recipe.
2: <laughs> I want this recipe. I'm not playing. I want this recipe. <laughs> all right i'll
0: try to come up with something it, may, it might involve donuts
1: and also i was gonna uh, say so, uh,
0: oh. well hold on maddie i i gotta deliver the punchline here uh oh, keep in mind uh larry the the french's mustard beer might have might have been fleeting but uh the heinz ketchup beers uh it's it's still coming out and it's gonna be it's gonna be worth the wait okay now you're gonna make me throw up <laughs> <laughs> don't they have some like worth the wait line mm. or good things come to those who wait there, I nailed it. I think we're, not, really I think a, we're not familiar with Himes Ketchup taglines. Is there really a high? In, really <laughs> yeah. Is there
2: really a really no, high Ketchup not. beer coming?
0: Well, no. I prob- probably it's already been done, but no I, no, I don't know of it. Okay, you're just playing. Okay, you're just playing. I'm <laughs> just being hilarious. <laughs> cut, this whole, uh, cut this whole bit. Sorry. Okay, I'll
1: edit. It. No, it's all, all stated. <laughs> the only things I cut, again, are things that make me look bad uh yeah, I know. but i will say so the well, other
0: cut the whole thing then hey <laughs> oh,
1: hey that's a good one that's way better than your ketchup material
0: stuff.
1: but the uh yeah. i was gonna say oh. the the dunkin donut they're also making a jelly donut one and that one sounds delicious with a raspberry puree a lighter mm. beer jelly and citrus that sounds no. excellent no
2: it's not too sweet but mm-hmm. larry is, is it actually <laughs> sweet or does it just smell sweet hmm. that's yeah.
1: the question i ask every day now
2: now, if it just smells sweet, that's a different story. That's a different mm. story. If yeah. it's uh, wastewater beer, does it just smell like wastewater, or does, is it actually <laughs> wastewater? I can't do this wastewater shit. I can't do this <laughs> wastewater shit with y'all. I can't do it. I can't do it, Maddie. Let's talk uh, beer. Yeah, yeah.
1: That was uh, that boring. was the last. That was my last one. <laughs> um, and to, let's segue that into. I I don't think you just say let's segue that. I think that's the worst possible way to (laughs) say let's segue. (laughs) Let's segue segue to the next thing. Actually, Um, I can segue. I
0: can segue. Can you? So one of the things that is super important for for enjoying beer, so we're going to sort of like – you know, for the for the rest of this episode, we're going to pull back the curtain on sort of the techniques and the tips and stuff like that for how to enjoy beer most. Yeah, where you're, when you're, you know, how to store it, how to pour it, uh, you know, how to deal with uh, glassware properly, um, draft system stuff. There is a hilarious line that I read on a website of a um, draft beer line cleaning service. Right, that's a lot of words in one one go. There, draft line cleaning service. All right, so it's like a service that goes around and, and contracts with bars clean to clean line. their draft line. Yeah. and their whole thing is, and I this is they're they're not making this up. You have to use. Uh, actual detergent uh, at the right concentration, uh, the right pressure, the right amount of time, the right temperature—like it's a really technical thing to clean your draft system, okay, at your bar or at your home for if you have a kegerator, or at the office if you have a kegerator. You have to clean this stuff, um, and a lot of bars, a lot of bars say, "Oh, we don't need to pay for this. Um, we're happy to just uh, do it ourselves. We just flush uh, flush all the lines with water." And the line that I read on the website of this, this draft line cleaning service was it's something to the effect of, uh, just because you flush your toilet with water doesn't mean it's clean. Oof. It's so true. <laughs> if you just flush your, your draft system with water, uh, you're not cleaning it. I'm not going to say that it's quite as dirty as a toilet, but there's, you know, you have to actually do this stuff right. So I can taste, I go to bars all the time yeah. and I can taste that they have not cleaned their draft system. This is and true. It, yeah. I, well, seen I, know, this I was going I to I've, I've,
1: I've spent even less time than you, Larry, with Rich and I've seen it. I remember like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember, I remember Rich, I brought up, I won't, I won't name the brewery in Los Angeles. <laughs> But I I I, was like, I brought it up and I was like I've been to this one I think it's great it was like a, uh, it's a very hot popular trendy brewery in L A especially at the time uh, and I remember your first thing was like oh yeah I went there a couple of years back I I uh, tasted some uh, you know things uh, some uh, red flags in the from the way they treat their like draft system I think you said or yeah. something like that um, and I was uh, like oh boy <laughs> you were like oh but I think hopefully they cleaned it up and I'm hoping they did before I went I hope so it's good that you say that because you're right it does. I'm not as good at tasting off flavors as you. Mm-hmm. I'm now able to every now and then drink a beer, especially if it's a beer that I'm familiar with and enjoy and have had before yeah. and I can like taste, I'm we like, Oh, okay. It. Like this place is not right. We should this get the kit. We
2: should get the, kit, the, I off get the kit. kit. I do want to get the kit. I do
1: want to get that little kit. I want to put the little pills in the beer. Rich, you do that, right? You've definitely done that. I, yeah. Are you like <laughs> yeah, I run, I run. You little pills and put them in versions, each of the beers yeah. and they each have different off flavors and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's fun. terrible.
0: You ruin a lot of perfectly good beer doing it, yeah. but it is, you know, it's <laughs> in the service of education. Yeah. Um, I like to say, like, there, so there are a lot of people that latch onto the off flavors thing. It's like, oh, you know, let's learn about beer. Uh, let me find out what can happen in beer so I know how to hate on beer and mm-hmm. just be a, be a hater, you know? And I don't want to introduce off flavors to people so that they can be haters because we don't need that. We need people to appreciate beer. Mm. But here's the deal. The more you know about beer, and the better your palate is, the more you work on your palate. The higher the highs are, and the lower the lows are. Those higher, highs. We're all I the higher, wanna, higher highs. I baby. just want to. I just to learn. I just want to learn about
2: off layers so I can look down on everybody well, else. Want to look cool? Drinking. That is true.
3: Larry. Larry makes <laughs> a good point. That is so Larry. Larry
2: makes a great That's point. So Larry. I just cool. want to be. I just want to be able to get the glass and go. Mm, ugh, take this no, back. No. Take this <laughs> back. This, this should not this, have. I, I'm tasting too much diacetyl. Please take this back. <laughs>
3: Wait, where's your manager?
2: Where's
1: your manager? <laughs> Does your manager know about the diacetyl? Cool. So let's get let's let's get into it. I think let's let's start with storage. Let's start how, how people can store their beer, what the proper ways to store mm-hmm. beer are. We've touched on these things before, but there's a lot of like myths out there also about temperature and things getting hot and things mm-hmm. getting cold and how it ruins it. So Rich, where do you want to start with that?
0: Maddie, keep it cold. That's all you gotta do. Keep, it cold. keep your beer cold. Simple. But no, you Rich. did say. Moving on, did, real quick. You Thank did, you for listening you to say, Liquid Bread, everybody. This has been Master Cicerone Rich
1: Higgins, who's dedicated his life to this. Keep your beer cold, man, just, and it tastes good. But,
2: but, what? but Rich, Rich, you did say <laughs> this whole notion of once it's <laughs> Larry, cold. Are you just looking down on people again? <laughs> just stop. yeah, of course. That's what I do. Stop That's what stop I do. Stop Larry. And that's all I do. My middle name is looking down on people. Listen, it it actually is. My middle name is Neil. Technically, I'm on the bottom. Never mind. So, anyway. You're
0: looking (laughs) up if you're kneeling.
2: I know, I know. It didn't work, but it almost did. Well, they kneel for you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, nice. Kneel before me. But no, this whole thing about, you know, because when I used to work in a bar, you know, it was this kind of thing. And I think I remember you telling us this, where they would be like, oh, Oh once it's cold, it can't get warm. And then cold again. But you're saying that is. That's hogwash.
0: Don't worry about it. That's hogwash. The the thing is, um, every second your beer is cold, it is not going bad. And Mm -hmm. every second your beer is warm, it might be going bad. All right? So if it, it gets cold and then it gets warm, get it cold again. All right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, okay, just
0: keep this thing cold.
1: Well, I've also, yeah, the one other thing I've heard, and I think you've said to me this is not true, so I hope it is not true. And I don't just haven't just had this in my brain wrong for a long time, but like some people also say that like it's drastic swings in temperature have some sort of a, have effect. It's, if it's cold and it's hot in the car for a shouldn't, short amount of time, then down, you know, then no, cold, like it, it, shouldn't it shouldn't have a big effect.
0: Look, I don't, I don't know all the science of, you know, it's it. No. I know the science. It's it's fine. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm trying to come up with weird situations in which you you know, you might have some sort of exploding can, some sort of you know, carbonation issue if it gets Matt. No, I, I, that's all that's wrong. And I've been Rich, I got, beer long enough. So I got know, a, I, can... I got another I got another question. Sorry. I got, another, <laughs> I got, another, I got Moving question. on, moving
2: on. I got another question. Yeah. So also when I worked at the bar, mm-hmm. so sometimes you'd have the beer in the coolers, okay? And it's ice cold. It's ice cold, ready for the next night. But sometimes, like the power would go out, okay, and strangely enough, those coolers would almost become ovens. Like there are times I've had to come in there, and like the beer is now like, and I'm not talking about just lukewarm, but like, like hot, hot beer, like, like, like it, like it's been
0: cooked. Wow, that makes no sense to me because it's hot in L.A. It's cold. Well, sure, I know it's hot in L.A., but. (laughs) If your beer is cold, if it's ice cold in there, mo- most of your heat capacity, and that's a kind of a funny word. We're actually talking about cold stuff. But the technical term for it is heat capacity. Your your density of temperature is in the beer because it's water. Okay, Water mm-hmm. is an incredibly high heat capacity, which means when it's cold, it stays cold. Right? So yeah. if your power goes out overnight. So, the so, beer so here,
2: so the here let me, let me just cold. say this. Let me just say this. I have no reason to lie to you, okay? I'm not lying to you. <laughs> I worked I worked hilarious. at the bar for nine years. Oh, no, 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 no. No, it sounds like you're calling me a, it sounds like you it sounds like you're kind of lightweight calling me a liar. And here's what I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you, I was I was a bar back in, and mm-hmm. I'd have to go in there and I don't know what it is about these coolers. And I'm not talking about just like one night, it's over. I mean there's plenty of times I've had to go in there and because the power was out, or maybe even like the cooler died, okay? Yeah, so maybe it wasn't yeah, even like the happened. power. So the cooler yeah. dies. And when we went in there, I'm talking about like it is not lukewarm. It is it is... outside? Is it in the sun?
0: The cooler? Is it exterior?
2: No, no, goddamn it! What oh, I'm here, trying Larry, to Larry. Larry,
1: me... here, here's my question: Do you have other witnesses to verify this? <laughs> I, I absolutely. Did oh, this I actually happen? Bunch... Do you have other that vouch oh, oh, for
2: us? Oh, 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 oh! I'll bring them on the podcast. Are they willing next to come weekend? on? Are
1: they willing to come on and vouch yeah. for you? I,
2: oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll come. <laughs> on. Okay, well, but yeah, they will. It would get really hot to where it was okay. almost like cooked. And I remember those, sometimes we would get rid of them, but sometimes Mm -hmm. they'd be like,
0: yeah, just just leave them in there. (laughs) All right, well, here's the situation. Regardless of whatever planet you're on where this happens and the beer gets so damn hot, uh, you are (laughs) potentially cooking the beer, right? So cooking the beer, what does that mean? I don't mean literally, I mean... Basically, you're creating new flavors, all right? So if you have uh, a piece of, you know, white bread, all right, you put it in the toaster for a little bit of, you know, for three minutes, it's going to change its flavor, right? Is that flavor good? Do we like toast? Yeah, sure. So beer, the same thing can happen. You're going to cook the beer and you're going to introduce new flavors, all right? And so maybe those flavors are okay, but they're not the flavors that you want out of that beer. And So
1: So potentially dangerous. Potentially, no, like,
0: not not dangerous. So not just, like, just, but I, I, I it just it's different. It just different. It's just I mean, yeah, I mean, I like potentially, it
1: potentially could worsen the beer.
0: Yeah, just it, it yes. just adds so adds a, mm. it's another variable. So that's if it gets beer, that's it, beer. So it, so right. so, oh. so, Rich,
1: kind of on that, then like, let's say, just to put this in a practical terms, um, like, I bought I bought like twenty, I bought three six packs. We got a party mm-hmm. going on tonight. I got some errands to run. I don't live in Phoenix, Arizona anymore where it's 120 degrees and definitely is a bad idea to leave beer in the back. But it's it's like marginally like warm day. It's in the 90s. Um, Okay. I don't know. Maybe that's hot to some, I guess. But uh, it's in the 90s. If I leave the beer in the back for an hour, like sitting in the back of a car, is that going to... Not ruin the beer, but is that going to have like a big effect on the flavor? Is that going to introduce a lot of these these additional flavors?
0: Here, here, this is your mileage may vary. Okay, so here's what I'm talking about: You're, the better your palate is. Or the more uh, the more attuned your palate is, the higher the highs are, and the lower the it's lows are. Right. The it's just a party, it's a bunch of <laughs> and the more you can look down <laughs> on people, and the more you can look down <laughs> on people, the more you can look down. What I mean is, or just a
1: party. Like, it's a bunch of rubes, Rich. They they don't they probably, they want good beer. People, they just but they want they want a good Michelob, and I bought them a yeah, bunch of Yeah, what I'm
0: saying
2: is a lot of am I invited, are here, am invited? am I invited to the party?
1: Larry, we got an ex. We got a bottle of a twenty one percent imperial stout sitting in the back that we're going to share separately from everyone else. So you don't need to worry about it.
2: And we're looking down at these these, oh, these up, right? We're <laughs> always
1: looking down on these rooms. Come on, man.
0: Kneel before me. They look at me. us like,
1: oh, they have a podcast.
0: That's a Commander Zod line, right? Kneel before me. <laughs> kneel before Zod. Oh, kneel before Zod. Zod. You kneel
1: before General Zod. Zod. Yeah. You can't General get that Zod. wrong. Not
2: Commander Zod. You can't get that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> before oh, kneel
1: before <laughs> me. Oh my God. Kneel before oh my me, Commander's odd.
0: All right. So keep your beer cold, keep it upright and mm. keep it away from light. All yeah. right. Those are the three rules, the three axioms axia axioms of uh of, of beer storage. But
2: well, let me cut let me cut you off again. Let me cut you off by storage
0: <laughs> and everything. Please do And I
2: and I understand the reason it's to keep it away water. from light because um it can also affect the flavor of the beer, which is why different color bottles, brown bottles, green bottles, clear bottles, and so forth. And I remember Here's you podcast telling us now, huh? Tell us, Larry. And I remember you telling me this. Larry, that... you should probably
1: let Rich say these things so people no, know what we're talking it. about. He's but you're kind no. of relating what Larry but, just told is, you in the past.
2: but that but that <laughs> like <laughs> but but that like beer, so like I'm just saying, but it's it, so so I'm saying as Americans, we're kinda of, like for instance, I I am and I'm not trying to pick on corona because I, I know it's it's been taken a lot because of coronavirus, but but like corona comes in like a clear bottle and like if we were at like a brewery where it was made fresh, we it would taste different than probably what we have been used to. Although I I would assume yes. that as Americans we're kind of used to it tasting the way we're tasting mm-hmm. it. Uh,
0: you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. with it, does that make any sense? What I'm saying? Literally, no. But I think I know where you're going. You're- <laughs> <laughs> You're saying that Americans have developed a palate, uh, for the flavors of of oh, slightly spoiled grope. for yeah. light
1: light burn burned beer yeah lights, light light struck burn, yeah. light Corona burn, light Corona. struck uh, yeah. Heineken
0: Beck's yeah things that are in green bottles and and you know clear we say clear yeah. but basically it's so, colorless so bottles so that's
1: the other thing so just to move away from cold beer yeah like like <clears throat> light is the enemy of beer and I will say I will right. note real quick that when I did the. Uh, when I did the, not to, again, like Larry, look down on people, but I took the certified beer server exam, and a big part of it was acknowledging that light is the enemy of beer and that dark bottles are always better. Light is a big, it seems like one of the major, um, one of the main reasons why a beer will be not ruined, but the flavor will be changed. Yeah.
0: And that flavor changes, it ends up smelling like skunk. Yeah. So it's specifically. specifically. And also, flavor. and that is go why they call ahead. it
1: skunked. That's the term. Yeah, exactly. That's the term. Sorry, Go ahead, Very smart.
0: Well, I was just going to say it's the, the molecules that are that are created through the radiation of both, you know, of uh, like incandescent light, sunlight, fluorescent light, all forms of visible light.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it, it jiggles the, the bittering compounds in, in a beer and ends up creating these radical molecules that are literally in the same family of molecule that's what's in skunk juice or skunk perfume, whatever you want to call it. So that's why it just smells like skunk.
1: And by radical molecules, um, you don't you don't mean in the way that the ninja turtles are radical.
2: Yeah, no. I just, okay, no. I think I don't. It, listen, I just I just take exception to light is the enemy of beer. Enemy I mean, of enemy beer is kind enemy is kind of strong,
0: Maddie. Maybe there's a better word. It's not the
1: friend. I know, but enemy will tell you.
0: Every master cicero just drinks beer in a dark, in a, like a dark closet, dark, dark
1: room. room. Yeah, yeah, I, just think rich, enemy, so. I just think yeah. enemy is a little
0: too, too, too tough, man. I'm sorry. I'm tough on
1: light. I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, listen, it's not only about storage, okay? It's not just about well, like, well, can how you I, store your bottles. It's actually when you drink it. Wait, can, okay? I, can so I ask
1: you though, before beer. we, before you, before you move on? Sorry, from the storage thing. Cause this is, this is something quick that I
0: Well, this is part of the storage thing. So oh. if you, if it's well, you said
1: before we said, you said storage is a part of beer but it's it, only just a part therefore it sounds like you're moving on to a different part of story if
0: you dr- i'm sticking with it Stan,
2: did, it it, did, it it did sound like you're moving on to a different part rich thank you.
0: man i thank have you, just man. been i have just been served <laughs> i've been outvoted i'm off the island listen if you pour your perfectly uh, light free beer that's been in a can in a dark part of your fridge uh, you pour it into a clear glass and then walk outside in the middle of august it's august right now as we record this and drink your beer outside. Perhaps, depending on how much sunlight is getting into the beer, your beer is going to end up smelling skunky within five minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so keep in mind it's not just a storage issue. It's, it's as quick, you yeah. drink, it's, it's real quick. because light, really? light is the enemy of light beer. is the enemy of beer. <laughs> I tell you,
1: if you have even some Coronas that have somehow been kept in the dark from the brewery to your <laughs> cooler, you open that cooler. Correct. You're having a barbecue in the summer. It's 2015 mm-hmm. when we're allowed to do that sort of thing. And <laughs> well, like, it's just pretty- sitting, sitting on the light. It's very quick. It'll have an influence. Like it won't ruin it, but it'll, it'll impact it. It'll influence it. Yeah.
0: It'll make it smell like skunk. Yeah. Kind of related to the
1: light thing, not related to light thing, about the light thing. I have a beer fridge in my office, Rich. And I don't tell you that just okay. to brag, but I do. But to look down upon me. Yes. Like that. Very good. But, but it anyway. has a, it has a window on the front okay. of it. It's a clear front of okay. it. And I have a window in my office. And it's, the okay. beer fridge is near the window. Now I mm-hmm. keep, some beers are in there for a long time. Like I have a bunch, you know, the normal, the beers that I drink regularly. And there's some beers that I kind of save and keep in there a while. And I mm-hmm. get paranoid. The 21%. Yes. Well, the 21% yeah. is sitting in the, in the closet. It's, it's cellared right now. Um, but <laughs> cause <laughs> yeah, I sell beer. Uh, why don't I, I believe, I believe you? you? Why don't I believe you? It's something hilarious. sounded. Come something over, sounded Larry. Funny. I dare you to come over and look in my closet. But um,
0: smooth. But operator,
1: basically, what I'm man. wondering is, like, you know, like if light comes in through the window on through the window of my beer fridge,
0: yes, is that going to have a, Is it going to have yes. a lot of impact?
1: Like, or how? Oh, it like, might.
0: Okay, it depends how much light and, and the type of bottle and all that. But yeah, it could definitely have an impact. But it
1: could have a lot. Okay, cool. Let's,
0: yeah, so you know. we have so at the brewery we have um, some some tanks that are called bright beer tanks, and I won't go into what those are, but they have a, a sight glass that's on them so that you can, you know, the beer is like it's like a big can of beer, right? But um, attached to the can of beer is a little uh, hose, uh, clear, we can see uh, the beer in, so we see how much beer is in in the whole tank, right? Mm. So as the tank fills up, the the level of beer in the sight glass goes up and up. We also have a garage door to the brewery that we open up in the summertime because it's hot so we want to get a breeze. And the sun streams in to the brewery and like just lasers those bright tanks uh, you know, at the end of the day. And so I've put up um little barriers, little plastic barriers on the sight glasses to protect them from the light getting in, from the sunlight streaming in through that garage door and, and zapping the beer that's in that sight glass. Because I don't want to end up packaging the beer from the sight glass, you know, into a can, and someone having a, you know, a can of our beer that smells like skunk. Yeah. So yeah, light is definitely something you have to worry about.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's good. But yeah, you, that's would
2: good. You, but, 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 but 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 would you say it was the <laughs> enemy of beer? Would you say it was the enemy?
1: I, I got to be honest. It sounds like he would say that. I don't know, Rich. I, I, no, don't don't speak for him, man. Well, I'm, I'm asking. Him, it. I'm just saying my no. My no is you just you, is no, that I would no I would you, think were, you would say no that.
2: no. You were leading the witness. <laughs> you were leading the witness. Would you say I'm just saying if he's a smart end. guy
1: who knows what he's talking about, it sounds like he is a smart guy. I object, Your Honor. I object.
2: Matter. I object.
0: Sorry, Rich, go um. ahead. <laughs> uh, yes. Hey okay. okay,
2: sustained. Objection, sustained, sustained, <laughs> sustained. Wait, what's sustained?
1: <laughs> what is this trial?
2: I don't I don't know, man. I'm okay. I don't know. I'm, drink, I'm drinking so- this I'm drinking this beer and I'm feeling it. That's what's happening. Yeah, what are you, what like are you drinking, Larry? Hit I told you I'm, I'm drinking this dog food Oh, yeah, lid. the 60-minute. Yeah. Okay, so real quick, a question. I do have a question, though, as, for, to be serious. So, to be serious, Rich. So yeah. So, so Rich. So, given that um, light is the enemy, the enemy of beer. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it. Uh, <laughs> the, it's mortal, and the mortal enemy. they enemy. There the are the multiple
1: mortal. Enemy. Enemy. The, the mortal enemy.
2: The nemesis? The nemesis of it's, beer. It's the nemesis. The nemesis. It's beer's nemesis. So, do you would you have a suggestion if you had the option of a beer in a can, a bottle or out the draft? Is there something that you kind of tend to go? This is where I would um recommend.
0: Yes, I like opaque containers, all right? So something that protects the beer 100% from light. And as even though brown glass bottles protect a beer from 98% of visible light wavelengths. I still lights, go can. I still go can or a really big can called a keg. All right. So draft oh, beer and cans are both good. Lovely. Lovely. But okay. we, get into the issue really of, we get into okay. the issue of are the draft lines clean? The beer and the keg may be clean. Maybe good to go. Oh, they're very but clean. They just they rinsed it
1: out with some toilet water. It's very clean. <laughs> but I
0: would think, I but I would no. think you would love. I would I'm think young. you would love cans. I would think that you would be. A I do
1: love cans. I honestly, I, I, I
0: expected bottle. Drinking expect out a of bottle right now. Wow.
2: Why? What's
0: the bottles are fine too,
2: but they're not as. Well, first of all, rich, we know you. We know you love beer. We know you will drink I beer do. out of uh, actual out of a toilet bowl, I'm not just fan. from toilet I'm water. We know you'll drink. But I'm just saying. But so, so you like opaque objects. Right, opaque containers. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, can I ask the? A container is an object.
2: So you like donuts are also objects. A lot of things are objects. You like opaque containers. I object,
0: Larry. (laughs) Objection, your honor. Okay,
2: I'm, 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 I'm fixing it. You like, (laughs) you like opaque
3: containers.
2: I'm
0: fixing it. (laughs) That's like the most like tail between the legs. (laughs) Whatever (laughs) went wrong, I'll fix it. I don't know. Like opaque containers. I did something wrong. Mm. Um, uh, I think we're beaten. Yeah, yeah. So let's go. So to move, let's move the on.
1: last thing, and this we can just be super quick. Um, but you want you want beer to be kept upright. Just yes. for, for something people are doing at home, you want beer to be kept upright. So why is that? Why would I yeah. keep my bottles upright instead of lying them on their side?
0: It kills me. There are all sorts of fancy wine fridges that mm-hmm. uh, people use as beer fridges, and that's kind of okay. But the idea is that wine fridges—you you, want to store wine on its side. It's much better to store it on its side. Beer, you want to store upright. There are a number of different things going on there, but um, if you have uh, metal caps uh, on your beer, so you got bottles, you've metal caps. Um, if you store beer on its side, the beer is acidic. Uh, it will eventually eat through the liner on the cap and expose the metal in the Ooh. cap to the beer, and so you can Ugh. get metallic off flavors in the beer, which is a bummer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you have a bottle-conditioned <laughs> beer, uh, which is definitely the sort of beer that you might consider aging, um, or cellaring. So if you if you have a bottle-conditioned beer, you want to keep the yeast um, uh, stable and keep it at the bottom of the bottle, right? And so if you uh, keep your bottle on its side, then you've got yeast throughout the entire uh, you know, kind of the column of beer. So eventually when you pour the bottle of beer, you're going to pour out a lot of yeast, mm-hmm. which you don't want to do. Except so, for Saison-Dupont. Except for except- saint dupont Larry, you are – most of my balls, I love this. You're exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, Cezanne de They purposely store it on the side, and uh, it does help to distribute their yeast. They have more of a powdery yeast that they want to keep more evenly distributed throughout the column of the beer. Okay, but most of the time, if you have a bottle conditioned beer, uh, you want to store it upright. And um, there's nothing wrong with storing your beer upright. Okay, uh, if you have a cork in the bottle uh, for wine, like one of the reasons you store wine on the side is because it has a cork. You don't yeah. want the cork to dry out. Right, but beer, because it's carbonated, is has a positive pressure. excuse me, positive pressure in it, so it tends to push uh, yeah. any air or oxygen or anything that wants to get into the bottle out. And sure the cork might eventually dry out, I guess. I haven't really heard about that happening.
1: But yeah, um, it's not a problem that people have to worry
0: yeah, about. Yeah. There's so mm-hmm. so cork finished beers yeah. are almost entirely bottle conditioned. Okay. I can't imagine a cork finished beer that isn't bottle conditioned and the bottle conditioning implies that there's yeast in there and yeast is a scavenger of oxygen okay so if you do have any sort of ingress of air or oxygen into the bottle as you store it upright because the cork might be drying out you have yeast in there to sort of the yeast has your back basically gotcha. the yeast will consume the do you oxygen.
2: Think t- wait do do you think scavenger you think scavenger is too harsh do you think I- scavenger is too harsh yeah, well, it doesn't go out and hunt
0: the <laughs> oxygen itself. It doesn't actually. Larry, you're defending a lot of objects today. I'm just saying. I was going was going. I was, was going to
1: focus on the word ingress. I just thought it was a fantastic use of the word ingress that Rich threw down right in the middle of that casually.
0: Oh, I'll throw ingress down. Ingress
1: is a fantastic word. Cool. So I think that gives like a good wrap up of like how someone can store their beer. At if home. you
0: store, if you store a beer outside, its, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Okay. It's the least important of the three. Well, I think, stores. Can I say that's keep actually keep it cold, keep it away from light.
1: It's something that like is a nice thing to hear from you as someone who knows their shit. Is that you don't have to worry a ton about all these things. Like there's a lot of these guidelines. You know, keep it cold, keep it away from light, keep it upright. Like that, you know, you'll preserve the beer well. But it's nice to have the assurance that, oh, if I don't do these things, I'm not like ruining the beer. It's not like this precious item that I can just completely obliterate very easily <laughs> by doing the dumb wrong thing. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. I want this stuff to be laid back, okay? People should enjoy beer. But at the end of the day, uh, there are two ways to value beer. And one is the potential that it has and how good it can be mm-hmm. and how yeah, well it want can cover with the best. food and... Yeah, but they all. The other thing is the money you paid for it. Okay, so if you pay five hundred dollars for a bottle of wine and you mistreat it, you're like, shit, I just, I just kind of ruined five hundred dollars. You know, five hundred dollars. But with beer, it's hard to find a bottle of beer that's more than, I don't know, thirty bucks or something. You know, that's that's pretty rare even. So you know, at the end of the day, if you mistreat a beer, it's like it's just it doesn't have that financial sting that you know mistreating a, a good bottle of wine would.
2: I just want to know the information so I can laugh at the people who don't have it.
0: (laughs) That is so you, That's why
1: we're all here. That's why we're all here. That's why we're all (laughs) here. That's 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 why 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 we've been using it to fuel our snob agenda. You have that stored outside? (laughs) 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 Those rubes. (laughs) (laughs) They're all rubes, I tell you. Cool. So let's move on to pouring. Let's get on to pouring. Yeah. Because pouring is something this is very easy to take on, but I'll tell you, I'll, t- I'll just say really quick my personal anecdote is I, I went to Belgium with Rich, and before I went to Belgium with Rich, I poured beer carelessly and just poured it into a glass, got it into the glass. And mainly the main thing I wanted to do when I poured it was to not make it foamy. So I'd poured it so it wasn't super foamy. And obviously that's actually a good thing. But when I came back, now I pour beer like a friggin' lunatic whenever I do. I um so let's get into it, Rich. Let's go. What do foam it
2: foam's not bad.
0: Foam's not bad though. Foam's oh no, foam's not bad. Not well
1: you, bad. you want some foam. You just don't want it to be like half foam in the glass and you can't even pour right. the whole can because you screwed up.
0: This is a fantastic way to start this topic off. Let's talk about the value of foam. Okay. Absolutely. What is wrong with taking a can of beer or a bottle of beer and just holding it two feet above the glass you're pouring it into and just upend it, okay, and you're pouring hundred percent vertically hundred percent vertically into the into the can or sorry, into the glass. Is that okay?
1: No, that's chocolate that's how you pour chocolate. As a man who knows my wines, that's a chocolatey Oh yeah,
0: from up from the, the porrón. I like that. <laughs> um, yeah, but a, so that's going to end up foaming it. up. <sighs> that's going to end up foaming up your your beer so much that by the time it becomes drinkable, because the foam has subsided mm-hmm. uh, and become you know become liquid again, you have no carbonation left in the beer. Okay, the yeah. beer's flat.
3: Okay, okay,
0: okay. Not okay. every beer is supposed to be as carbonated as every beer. You know, there, there are different levels of expected carbonation for different types of beers. However, carbonation is a very important part of the beer's mouthfeel and its ability to deliver ar- um, aromatic or, you know, aromas. Uh, and those aromas play off of the tastes that you have. So you, you, know, aromas can accentuate the impression of sweetness, which might be important because it needs to offset the actual bitterness that's in a beer. So there's a lot of sort of technical balance stuff uh, within, within a beer, and there are things that the brewmaster wants to promote during the drinking experience, and a lot of that, that is built on the canvas uh, that is carbonation in the beer. So if you mess with that, ca- that canvas too much... You're Mm. drinking a different beer. You're not drinking the beer that the brewmaster made.
1: Also, you can get like a foamy mustache and then everyone's making fun of you because you look like a goof. So
0: embarrassing. It's very embarrassing. So, yeah. So you definitely want to pour beer with a little bit of head. Okay, I, I like to do one to two fingers worth is what I call it. So if you pour a glass okay. of beer um, at the at the end of the pour, you want to be able to measure uh, the amount of foam by it should be the same height as one to two of your fingers. Okay, mm-hmm. so hold the glass upright and then put two, one to two fingers up at the top of the glass. And if that's the amount of foam you have, then you've done perfectly.
1: Mm-hmm. Wait, Rich, can I can I pitch to you how I think I'm supposed to pour a beer, like the general thinking of pouring a beer? Yeah, please go for it. You tilt the glass at about a 45-degree angle. You pour the beer Is into it. Is that a question
0: it. or are you telling me? Yep. Uh,
1: I'm telling you. And you Great. pour it onto like basically the side of the glass so it rushes down close to it. You do not touch the glass to the bottle or can. You pour it until it's about two-thirds full. And then you tilt up the glass and fill it up the rest of the way. And you should ide- you should have something close to an ideal foam level. Does that sound about right?
0: Me- Maddie, that is mostly perfect. Uh, the the issue is a so bravo in general, mostly. but I want no, no, no. no. You don't get a
2: you don't get a bravo for mostly. mostly.
1: I got a mostly. I'm Michael Jordan didn't for, win all those championships no, on most. No, you don't.
2: <laughs> yeah, you don't mostly do something. Just tell I'm, him I mean, he's, he's wrong, wrong and, and <laughs> add the
0: extra part to it. <laughs> I'm looking for my gold stars, but I'm not giving you one yet. Is the uh, issue here bronze? But, so if you say if you <laughs> bronze star, that's very different. I think uh, if you have. Um, Two-thirds full in your mind, you're going to do that dogmatically, and mm. you're not going to uh, focus on the fact that you're really trying to assess how carbonated the beer is when you're pouring the the first two-thirds there. Okay, So you tilt the glass up at the proper time, whatever time that is for, for the beer that you have and the, the temperature that the beer is, uh, in order to… Hopefully, get that one to two fingers worth of foam on top of the beer. Mm-hmm. So sometimes that might be like in a beer that's really highly carbonated, you're going to keep it tilted, t- keep the glass tilted, and do a gentle pour for the you know ninety percent or ninety five percent of the the pour of the beer, and only put it upright at the very end. Uh, but for a beer that's pretty flat or less carbonated, um, you might want to you know start to turn it upright at you know when it's half halfway full. So there's not a hard and fast rule for this, but in general you're just trying to make sure that the beer doesn't overfoam. Yeah. So you don't want to pour do the vertical pour right away.
1: So at the very at the very least, so, til- tilting the glass is the, is a very so, helpful. So, it it, it sounds like it sounds like what insane. Maddie
2: is. I mean, it sounds like what Rich is saying. Maddie uh-huh. is exactly what he said at first. You want two fingers worth of foam at the top
3: I'm, of
1: the beer. Was just so, however, help, so however, so wow. however you make time I'm trying, trying to help the people. Crook. That's not a helpful audit. So you can't just say, "Oh, just get two fingers of foam." It's like, "Oh, okay." That's that that like what he's saying to you. "Oh, just do a good job, and you'll do a great job." Just get the like, What he he's trying to say if it's a highly carbonated you a little bit of hints to push you in that direction. You tilt that glass a little bit, and then you tilt it back up.
0: I hope we've made not only drinking beer, but pouring beer no fun. I'm fuming. This is, we're, we're really creating a outrage argument here. <laughs> Light is the enemy of beer. It's
1: the, enemy, it's the nemesis of beer. It's trying to take beer down, and we have to stop it.
0: Let's so right that here. and the plants hey, that are stealing all the CO2. Let's talk about foam here, all right? The, issue <laughs> let's talk about foam. The-
1: I need to cool off. Let's talk about foam. <laughs>
0: So foam is created when CO2 that's dissolved in the beer right. exits the beer and escapes the, the, the beer. And then because it escapes in the form of bubbles, it becomes buoyant and it floats to the top. All right As it floats to the top, it drags up proteins uh, that are in the beer and creates this net or this mesh of proteins and uh, starts to build up the foam. Alright, and so the foam is this this like this net of uh or this lattice work, I guess, of proteins. And so the more CO two that rushes up out of the beer and the, the more quickly it does that, the more foam you're gonna get. Okay, that's a scientific explanation of basically saying the colder your beer is, well, I'm jumping a little bit here, but the colder your beer is, the more it holds on to that CO2. Whatever CO2 is dissolved in the beer is happier to stay dissolved in the beer. If it's cold. And so, if you're pouring a beer that's a little bit warm or really warm, say it's room temperature, or it's from Larry's crazy bars cooked, uh, you know, uh, power outage refrigerator, uh, and this stuff's 90 degrees, none of the CO2 that's in that beer wants to stay in the beer. And so, it's going to jump out right away and be a a foamy mess. And so that's a huge part of draft systems, especially draft systems are designed to keep the beer cold from the keg to the faucet so that you're not pouring warm beer into a glass. So the colder your beer is, the less it's going to foam up and the more it's going to hold on to its CO2. And the um, warmer it is, the more it's going to foam up, the more CO2 is going to release. Now, let me ask, can I ask you a question, um, a serious question, yeah. serious question going back finally, to the
1: bar finally I a going serious back. question
2: for <laughs> going back to the bar i worked at <laughs> mm-hmm. and i understand there, there would be times when we would bring warm kegs in there and it's like that is going to be very foamy but there are yes. times where even the keg is in there it's cold i tap the keg and mm-hmm. I, I would get so i'm like just wasting so much beer trying you, to right? get it's trying awful. to get through the foam now what, mm-hmm. what what why is that i'm talking about even from a cold keg
0: yeah, Is it because the lines are dirty, or, or what is it? There are so many different issues, and this is a whole other episode that we can do. Um, <laughs> okay, address. okay, okay, okay. But I feel your pain, and I can give you a short list of issues here. One is that the draft lines could be dirty. Another is that the keg is not as cold as you think it is. If you just feel the side of the keg and it feels like, ah, oh, this feels really cold, there's a big difference in foaming foaminess between like 40 degrees Fahrenheit and 38 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay, another wow. issue is... Is you might have um, a lot of uh, basically like a low pressure system. Sounds like a weather thing in your inside your draft yes, lines. Okay? Yes. Yes. So, yes. So if you got a long draft line and you know that it's that your keg kicked because you were pouring beer at the faucet forty feet away from the keg and you got a lot of you know the the beer stopped flowing. And you got a bunch of a chest full of foam basically that shot out of the faucet. You go to fix um, to to switch out that keg and put a new keg on. You have a draft line. That is 40 feet of draft line that is filled with nothing but foam and CO2, not beer. Okay. And so the beer that's coming out of the keg rushes through that system really fast and it doesn't even have any, have any uh, head pressure against it. Okay. It just has a bunch of soft, squishy foam. And so the, the CO2 that's in the beer that's rushing through the line starts to have gas breakout, it's called. It starts to lose its own CO2. But wow. if you have a line that's packed with beer, it's constantly got head pressure, and so the beer is not – it's just like pouring beer vertically into a glass. If you're rushing beer through a draft line with no pressure in it, then it's going to foam up. It's just, like, it's just like that vertical pour into a glass because there's too much agitation. There's not enough head pressure in the glass. That's a quick and dirty on that. So,
1: Rich, do you want to talk about like bottle-conditioned pouring?
0: Yeah. Um, I, know, I, know so, we,
1: we, I feel like a couple times we've tasted beers, and you've mentioned a little yeah. bit, but just really like – Again, like people are not used to sometimes people yeah, are, are not used know, to the idea of I, yeast sitting at the bottom of their, got, of their bottle
2: and i've received I've received contradictory um advice from you on this. I feel like on one Ooh. hand, you told me that yeah, get some of that yeast, it's good, it's good for your liver woo mm-hmm. And then I talked to Maddie, and he's like, "Oh yeah." Rich
1: is totally against no, no, no. Here oh, is I, I think you are really concerned for yeah. Here is what I'll say: I, got I, a what, great Rich, liver, are, what I, I do have a really good liver, um, but, but no, what I, what Rich is, and this is, this is my experience with Rich was just a lot of time. Rich would say, "You can eat that yeast at the bottom." Some say it's healthy for you, but I don't. Changes the taste a little bit. I don't like it, but some say it's healthy, and you can do that if you want to do that. Which does I will say, Larry, to your credit, it does it does come to look. The beer guy does not eat that yeast, so nobody else should. I love
2: <laughs> what I'm telling you, is my
0: take was different. What he told me initially <laughs> was different. That's what I'm trying to say. Manny, so I, don't I like... Matt, Maddie, I really you've listened well you're a good you're a good student here uh, I agree with everything you said except I love your choice of verb here for eating the yeast Oh sorry <laughs> like, it's like this big like cake of yeast you like you, <laughs> a, you know a steak knife also, like,
1: rich <laughs> rich likes to pour the beer true. then he takes that solid chunk of yeast <laughs> <laughs> at the bottom he pulls out a fork and he just digs right in
0: Oh it's just such a classic belgian thing just yeah get that fork in eat there. that yeast
1: Sprink, sprinkle <laughs> sprinkled on your stump. What you love stoop? It's hilarious. I do love stoop. I I feel like people don't know what the heck I'm talking about. You're still killing me though. You're
0: still killing me. I'm gonna I'm gonna erode your confidence know, here with the know. pronunciation thing again. I know oh, you no. like pronunciation. It's stoop. Okay. Yeah, the I... shta st- is German, but it's a Dutch
1: stump is word. Fun though. So it's... <laughs> it's fun to add a little h in there though. I gotta admit.
0: You can do that. It, it's I would definitely do that after I've had enough beers. But stump. but yeah. So anyway, it's officially it's stoop. Stoop. But regardless, the idea here is that. Um, yes, Larry. The yeast is good for you. Okay, it's good for your liver. It's good for your skin. It's good for your hair. It's good for your nails. Okay, it's got tons of B vitamins: B1, B2, B12. Uh, it is the best source of vitamin B12 for from non-animal products, basically. So if you're vegan or vegetarian, uh, it's a fantastic source of something called cyanocobalamin, which is vitamin B12. Um, It helps your liver break down acetaldehyde, which is a a big contributor to hangovers. Like, it is a wonder cure, wonder drug. I love it. Except it doesn't taste fantastic at all times in all beers. It depends on who you ask. That depends on who you ask. Exactly. It does (laughs) depend on who you ask. Okay, do you like the rind on brie cheese? Okay. you're eating a big old fatty uh, melty hunk of brie, do you want that white rind? You can pu- you can you can smother
2: <laughs> any part of Brie all over my body, and I love it. Yes,
0: awesome. Well, I, I will keep that in mind. Thank you. So that uh, is that an invitation? <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not. It's okay. not. <laughs> so I think a lot of people would say, yeah. The, the, the white rind is great and a lot of people say no we, we I only want the the paste that's in the middle the, the yellow part okay and the the crust on bread or the stem of a mushroom okay these are all like edible things that a lot of people eat when they eat bread or mushrooms or cheese okay but it's not always the most like the most delicious part. It's usually the most rustic part. The, the most earthy kind of um, intense part of the food. And that's the same way with the yeast at the bottom of a, a bottle of bottle conditioned beer or can conditioned beer. So when you are uh, consuming that beer and you pour all of the beer out of the bottle. Okay. And you, sorry, if you pour like all of the liquid out of the bottle, you're going to drag a lot of the yeast with it. And that yeast just, it doesn't look good. But looks aside, it does taste a little bit muddy. It's a little bit earthy. It can be a little chalky. It might be mushroomy or soy saucy. Sort of goatee is a term oh, that we God. talk oh, about. Can, can, oh, yeah. can I just say real a quick? Mark. Can I can I just say something real quick? Mushroomy, goatee's like, goatee's like, mushroom-y, like, mushroom-y like chalky,
2: like, goaty. All of that sounds gross. So delicious to what me. What about? <laughs> hey,
1: Larry. What about? Good. What about? Good. What about waste watery? What toilet watery? <laughs>
0: So (laughs) let me clarify goatee, by the way. We're talking about uh, the aromatic acids, the the fatty acids that are in goat's milk. All right. So these are also fatty acids that can be produced by by brewers yeast. So, yeah. So it's not bad. It's just a a richer, earthier, stinkier, more rustic farming experience. So if you want to drink it all, go for it. I prefer not to drink it most of the time. I so just, if I'm super hungover, maybe I'll drink it. <laughs>
1: let's let's talk about draft stuff, and we and we don't need to spend a ton of time on this. Mm-hmm. Draft system stuff is not just for bartenders; people have equipment at home, but also like I think to me, knowing knowing stuff about how to handle a draft, how to pour a beer from a draft, is something that like once you kind of know it, you pay attention to this when you're at the restaurant, and it can kind of help mm-hmm. you evaluate a restaurant how they're treating the beer, um, what to expect yeah. from the beer.
0: Yeah, the big thing for me is don't dip the faucet. It's just mm-hmm. like it's a cardinal rule, all right? So if you are burying the faucet in the beer as you pour it, especially I hate to see this at a lot of like high volume accounts. That's uh, I guess another name for like really crowded bars where the bartenders are just pouring, as, you know, so 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 many uh, glasses of beer per hour. I get it. You've got a lot of volume that you need to get out, uh, you know, out, out onto the onto the floor, out to, out to tables, so that people can drink it. But if you do the two It's like the double gunslinger. Okay, You've got uh, two pint glasses in your hands. You're holding them with three fingers and your thumb, and your index finger is hooked over the the draft handles. And the only way you can manage to hold the glasses and operate the the draft handles is to bring the the glassware all the way up against Uh, the bottom of the faucet, and the faucet dips into the beer. You're just coating the faucet in beer. Okay, yay! We all like beer. Beer is food for bacteria, Mm. right? Beer has tons of stuff that bacteria like to eat, including alcohols, acids, and sugars, right? And so every time you dip the beer in there, you're not only introducing new food for bacteria, Mm -hmm. but you're Mm -hmm. also introducing bacteria into into the the glass of beer. Yeah, and so so here's here's the thing, you know, even at
2: this bar, the bar that I worked at, Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, first of all, let me just say, I don't think. If I worked at the place, if the place is gone now, but if it was open now, I don't I think people would be aware not to do that. But I'll tell you so, one of the reasons why mm-hmm. we do it isn't even so much that you're so busy is mm-hmm. that is a perfect way to control the phone,
3: mm-hmm.
2: because when when you have. Like if you start off with it tilted and it's going down, it's just something about when it gets in the glass, you know, mm-hmm. you, can, you just can control how
0: much foam you get toward the top. So we would do well, that all the time. I get That's that, terrible. but I would disagree with that for most instances. I understand that there are certain draft systems that are not well balanced, and so you end up getting a lot of foam at the yeah. faucet. However, there are a lot of things that a bartender can do if the bartender is paying attention and has good training to help control the amount of foaming going on in the glass. I I agree, which is why I said
2: Mm -hmm. I think if if it was open today, I think it would be different. But we're talking about back Mm -hmm. in the day where Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, you want this beer here? Take this, you know. Get this out yeah.
0: as quick as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, I mean, this
1: so. is one that I've definitely. There's a beer bar in LA. Um, it's a it's a beer bar. It's 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 a bar that primarily is all about like the beer list. And I, I still will go there, especially now. I'll go anywhere. Uh, but <laughs> I I did see them dipping the faucet, and it made me uh, or, and it made me order less beer, and it made me less, especially for a bar that specifically prided itself on don't order less
0: beers. beer. Order more bottled beer or more canned beer.
1: I don't think they have. I don't know if they have canned beer. I don't think they have yeah.
0: uh, bottled or prepackaged it's beer. Fair. I think it's all
1: tap, and it just made me. I, but it's also. It's not even just that. It's just. It's kind of like you know, Larry it's with drinking so toilet water. It's frustrating. It's, 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 I, so it's so frustrating. I see it, and I'm like, oh, and I can't get out of my yeah. head. I'm like, oh, they dip it, yeah, I mean, and then yeah, I think yeah, of like you said, like the bacteria. I'm like, oh, it's gross, and they're doing this. Don't do that. And you're, um, you're a beer server. You're a server.
2: You're a server. Yeah. yeah, that's right i'm a certified beer i
1: will not ha- i will not have it i sell her beer i do not drink faucet dipped beer
0: <laughs> listen it's not the end of the world though all of us yeah. has well like yeah, i said i've been i've is, been back since beer.
1: then it just it just yeah. it just uh, it just
0: is a little yeah, it it's is a frustrating li- because yeah. it's unnecessary and yes i think that's a good way i to guess say there it. might be what kills me is when like When it's slow at a bar, and the bartender's like showing off, the bartender's like watched whatever movies or whatever commercials and been like, "Oh, this is how I act cool, or this is how (laughs) I, you know, get phone numbers and get chicks or whatever." You know, like this, it's not what we're thinking. That's what we're thinking. That's what we're thinking. (laughs) And you're just ruining the beer through your laziness and your bravado, and you're not doing it right. And it's frustrating because you're you're cheapening the beer and lessening the. Uh, guest experience when you could be instead pouring the beer correctly and then interacting with the guest about the quality of the beer yeah. and the, and you, with you know well, is the guest enjoying themselves. You guys and,
2: you guys make me proud to look down on people. Just listen to
1: <laughs> Well it's kind of, but I think it's kind of like I think this is wrapped up in Rich like a lot of things you say and this is why like I don't ever think of you as a snob. It's very easy to not dip the faucet. It's very it's it's you say it once and it's like okay I won't dip the faucet, I'll pour it like this. Yeah. It's not going to totally stop me from going to that place. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to notice mm-hmm. it and I'm going to note it and I'm going to know what happens and yeah. it's going to slightly color, you know, like I go to some, you know, I'll, I eat, I don't know, I eat some <laughs> shitty ass stuff, <laughs> you know, like I, <laughs> you know, I'll eat some, I'll eat some dive, divey burgers and tacos and whatnot mm-hmm. here in LA, but I, you know, you're a place that prides yourself on your beer list. You're mm-hmm. so, You pride yourself on having yeah. these limited beers that you don't find everywhere. And it's a cool thing that you have that. It's like, oh, just don't diff the faucet. Mm -hmm. It's a simple little thing, and it makes the beer better for everyone.
0: Yeah. Well, and if you're, if, you know, if it's Friday night and you're in Vegas and Mm -hmm. you're paying, you know, $6 for beers in plastic cups and you're there to like, you know, dance or gamble or whatever you're doing, and it's not about the beer, like, Big deal. It's Six dollars yeah, for a absolutely. beer, a plastic cup in Vegas seems even cheap. I bet it would probably be eight bucks or whatever. But you know, the, you're not there well, for it's the free, beer. Free if, if, if you're the place, at,
1: the, at the table. Well, there you go. But if you're, you know? if you're, but if you're at a
0: place, if you're at a place for the beer and it's a dive bar that's selling you three dollar pints of beer, I don't care. But if you're at a place that's like selling nine or ten dollar glasses of beer and the bartenders. Are you know, it says on the menu, you know, we're all certified beer servers. Not not to take mm. away what you've done, Maddie, but a lot of a lot well, of you can bars, never a lot take away bars, from what I've done. <laughs> a lot of beer bars will pride themselves on having this, you know, this introductory, introductory Cicerone training, and then they go ahead and do this. It's like, what are you doing? You're working more on your fucking mustache wax and Whoa. you know bragging about the beers. Than you are about actually caring for the beers, and you're charging me nine bucks for what should be a really paramount beer experience. But you're, you know, you're too lazy to do to to do your your due diligence and pour this thing right. So that's when I get upset.
1: Man, I just want to say you live. You're in Montana. We're in LA. Nine bucks for a beer is, you know, that sounds fantastic for like a
0: good beer. That sounds like
1: wildly cheap.
0: Well, yeah, exactly for a good beer, you know, yeah. (laughs) I well, guess in Montana. I don't well, think that's like, a single no, beer in the state. Yeah,
1: you're expensive. getting a PBR for nine bucks. <laughs>
0: yeah. So yeah. anyway, yeah, So that's dipping the faucet. So beyond that, clean okay. your lines. Uh, I can taste all the time when the when the draft lines aren't clean. It's a bummer. You know, it's just, it's important. You got to clean this, clean that damn draft system.
1: What can you describe as a sign that the, in the taste of a beer, if I order a beer and it tastes a little off, what is that taste that can tell me that, oh, this place probably doesn't clean their lines like they should?
0: Yeah, it's, I don't want to say this stuff because I don't want to. Like if you, if you don't know how to use this information correctly, then it's like, oh, yeah. you're going to start looking yeah. for this all flavor in yeah, every beer you it, have. Like me, like me, like me. <laughs> no, but after a while, it might start to click and you're like, oh, I get it. When I have this beer at these places, it tastes like butter or it tastes like yogurt or it tastes like vinegar. Those are the three big ones, or it tastes like metal. That's another one. Tastes like uh, you know wet pennies or something like that at these places. But when I go to these places, it doesn't taste like that. It's the same beer. It's all Sierra Nevada Pale Ale or you know Lagunitas IPA or whatever. It's like a consistent beer where you know it should be always taste the same, but it tastes like one thing at those places and it tastes you know clean and good at the other places. That's probably a sign of dirty draft lines.
3: Okay. Cool. So
0: usually sourness in the form of either vinegar, which is acetic acid, or yogurty sourness, which is like uh, lactic acid, um, and potentially a, a, an additional <laughs> an additional uh, float of, of butter aroma. Mm. So like butter popcorn. Yeah. So that's those are the big signs. Uh, cool. Uh, and and that doesn't mean steer clear of those bars. It just means get, you know yeah. get canned beer or get bottled beer at those
2: bars. Yeah, what it means is go there, order it, give it back to them, and go. Uh. Give me a can, please. Butter yogurt.
0: <laughs> don't don't give it back to them. Sell it back to them. Ooh. Let's make him buck him being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. so, so uh so what else? Yeah. What else
1: with draft with draft wines? All right. Uh, so
0: on. this is where it, like this gets technical. And so if you're a bartender, this is good to know. Cool. But if you're just like Joe Schmo beer drinker, you can play this like a, as a spectator. Sport. Joe Schmo. Joe Schmo. I call myself Joe Schmo most of the time when I'm not actually working at a bar. If I'm just drinking at a bar, I don't. I'm not, uh, you know, in the industry. I'm just drinking the beer. Drinking the beer, then I you can play this as a spectator sport. Okay, if you see foaming going on as beer leaves the faucet. Okay, the faucet. I don't need to explain what what that is, but a lot of people call that the tap, right? But really, what we're it technically, it's a faucet within the draft system. Okay, as beer exits. The faucet and gets into the glass, there are a lot of different types of foaming. Okay, there's not only one type of foaming. Okay, one thing I see all the time is you, you know, I'll be at a table and we'll order two of the same beer, okay, whoever I'm with, and then the bartender pours the first one, and the first one comes out foamy, and then the second one comes out perfectly fine. There's no foam whatsoever. And that is a condition called gas breakout in the line. All right. And so what that means is What that means is, in the draft line, uh, there the beer is sitting in there for a little while. Mm -hmm. Okay, in between pours, you know, say it's been a half an hour since that beer's been poured. The beer that's just sitting in the, the by the line, I mean, the hose. Okay, there's a hose that connects the keg to the faucet. If that line is not properly cooled or refrigerated. Or if there's not enough pressure in the system, by pressure I mean the uh, uh, gas pressure, CO2. Going back to our CO2 shortage here, then there's not enough. Uh, there's not the right environment for the gas that's dissolved in the beer to stay in the beer. So the beer starts to foam up. Right? It's just like pouring a glass of beer and then you know letting it sit out for 20 minutes or something like that. Eventually, it's going to foam up and potentially yeah. even go flat. And yeah. so that can happen in the in the line. And so if you pour that first glass of beer, what you're doing is you're actually just voiding or emptying the the foam that's in the line into the glass of beer. And then that second glass that gets poured that's all good fresh beer that's just coming from the keg and hasn't had enough residency time in the line to lose its gas to have that gas mm. breakout. out and that's something so that second happens
1: Serge. real quick that's something that happens in like well kept lines as well. It's not like this is like, no, a dirty line or anything like that oh, it right
0: it's not a dirty issue, but it yeah. is an unbalanced issue okay. and so it's lack of balance either through uh through lack of uh, cool temperature or lack of pressure in the okay. system oh, interesting. and so Yeah, and so bartenders all the time, they're like, ah, this line, you know, I hate this line. This beer always foams up the first one, uh, but I love it when I get, you know, two or three ordered at the same time because I know the second and third glasses are going to be fine. The issue is it's foaming up because there's gas breakout in the line. Okay, and I bring that up because as a, you know, the spectator sport thing here, another thing you can look for is, and this, can show you whether the bartender knows how to properly pour a glass beer or not. Is there foam coming out of the line or is it beer coming out of the line that is pouring into the glass and turning into foam once it hits the glass? Yeah. Yeah. What's coming out of the line? Is it, or what's coming out of the faucet? Is it foam or is it beer? Because I see a lot of the time A bartender will say, I can't do anything. This beer's too foamy. It's probably not. Oftentimes, it's beer that's coming out of the faucet. But because the bartender is not holding the glass properly, Mm. uh, the beer's foaming up as it splashes into the glass. Or here's the kicker. The bartender is not opening the faucet and or closing the faucet crisply enough. Yeah. Because when a faucet is closed, there's nothing coming out of it. When the faucet is 100% open beer comes out of it if the faucet is anywhere between zero percent open and 100 percent open what comes out is foam because you have a very um it's like it, there's just a ton of agitation uh as the as the beer exits a faucet that's partially open or partially
2: closed man i'm thinking about how we used to pour some beer and make and all the stuff you're saying i'm like oh god i've been there <laughs> and how we would just work a beer i mean like we worked, <laughs> I like how we would just work it to turn into a, a beer I mean, yeah, like you have to pour foam, off the foam, Yep. pour sure. off the foam, and like pour sometimes pitchers. let the foam sit and then pour some more. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah. sometimes you're just screwed as the bartender. Sometimes you are screwed because you the draft are. system is not right, or the the keg, the keg is too warm. There are times when it's out of your control, and this is another thing I see bartenders a lot will say: "Oh, the beer's coming out too fast, or it's coming out too foamy." I clearly need to reduce the the pressure on the pressure. keg. Yeah. OK, if you if you lower the gas pressure, then the beer is going to come on more slowly and it's not going to foam as much. Right. And th- that's actually wrong because there's a second environment. Actually, the second environment is inside the, the draft line. The first environment is actually just inside the keg. And you are applying gas to the beer in the keg in order to do two things, not only to move the beer from from point A to point B out of the keg to the faucet. You're pushing the beer, but you're also just keeping the the beer in the keg environment happy all right and so if you reduce the amount of pressure that you're applying to that keg all of a sudden the beer is like whoa we just lost some top pressure there's a lot Mm -hmm. less pressure Mm -hmm. being applied to us and so what happens is the beer loses its co2 and so it foams up in the keg and so if you have a keg full of foam and you're trying to pour good beer out of that keg you're screwed because there's there's not beer in that keg there's foam in that keg and so if you reduce that pressure, you're just creating foaming in the keg and you're screwed. So if you are having foaming problems at the at the faucet and you decide, oh, well, I clearly need to turn down the pressure, you're only exacerbating the problem. Or you're, you're creating a second problem, which you didn't need to create.
3: Gotcha.
0: So draft system, the thermodynamics and the physics of it are totally complex and nuts and counterintuitive. And it's a whole other episode, or maybe we'll never do this episode because it's kind of technical <laughs> and boring. But I love this stuff and uh there's a lot to it. And so yeah, as a as a educated bartender or an educated uh consumer, you can you can really tell a lot about a draft system just by watching the bartenders hopefully pour good beers or potentially fight with the system to to pour good beers.
1: Uh where do you want to start with glassware? I know I know what you've told me is that I remember one time you told me that you you were happy I I guess it's not like the ideal, but you're happy with any beer poured into a, a wide mouth wine glass.
0: Yeah. I'm not too picky about my glassware. I mean, I want it to be clean. Yeah. That's the most important thing. Um, I'm okay with the shaker pint there. I said it out loud. I know I'm not supposed to. <laughs> shaker pints are the, you know, the kind of utilitarian uh, uh, trapezoidal looking glasses that uh, that we see all the time at bars. They don't do any favors for the beer. They don't focus the aroma. They don't support the head or anything like that. They're kind of blocky, uh, but they work. They get beer to my mouth which is the most important thing Um, beyond that though the best all-purpose glass for beer is is a wine glass wine glasses are absolutely great for beer it's an all-purpose wine glass um, which is you know different from a burgundy glass or a bordeaux glass or whatever just a regular all-purpose wine glass is what a lot of bars have because they're serving wine they should also be serving the beer in that too it's great for the beer yeah
3: great
1: Okay, and Rich. Uh, so, in your notes that you sent me before this episode, you wrote you wrote uh, "bullshit glassware nucleation sites," which uh, to me is a nonsense phrase. Uh, so, what are what are Rich? What is a what is a bullshit glassware nucleation site?
0: So, all right, this I have a complete axe to grind about this thing. All right, so glassware uh, should make a beer look good, and it should get the beer into your mouth. All right, that's the, kind of the purpose of glassware, and I get. Uh, that those two those two things can can be at cross purposes that 's the problem all right so the beer should always look good, but it should also taste good and, and get in your mouth correctly all right so there is some glassware that has these laser etches on the inside of it so that it causes so they 're called nucleation sites so that they help to prompt uh gas to jump out of the beer. So CO2 to jump out of the beer and, you know, come up in the form of bubbles and look all attractive as, as it, you know, float as the bubbles float up to the top of the glass and create foam. And so you should be poured a beer with, you know, as we've talked about one or two fingers worth of head, uh, one to two fingers worth of foam on it. But if you're going to take 20 minutes to drink the beer, wouldn't it be nice if as the beer is almost gone or it's half full or whatever, You know, however much beer you have in the glass, it still has that attractive one or two fingers worth of foam on it. Yeah, that would look great, right? But it it's like robbing Peter to pay Paul to get that continuous foam to to stay atop the beer. You have to continually feed the foam from underneath by bubbles. Okay, and eventually you're going to run out of gas in the beer to create those bubbles. And so, a nucleation site in the beer. Uh you know like i yesterday i had a i had some delirium tremens uh mm. at a bar yesterday, and That's it's good. a delicious beer That's from delish. Belgium, yeah it's good stuff, right they have uh little pink elephants, cartoony pink elephants I love as their elephant. um logo, yeah, and uh they had uh in in the, on the inside of this glass they had a you know a little pink elephant etched into the glass, it wasn't pink, but you know it was, it was an elephant shape etched into the the glass, and so there was constantly this. This uh, cascade, this vertical up, upward cascade of bubbles coming, issuing forth from this uh, from this elephant, egressing from the elephant. And egress. but then I, I knew that this that the clock was ticking on this beer it was going to go flat. And this style of beer has to have a lot of carbonation. It loses mm. its soul without a lot of carbonation. And so it's I never good to, to lose, very lose very your bad. soul. It's never good to lose your soul.
1: Yeah, I agree. That's, I agree with Larry. Funny. Losing your soul is bad.
0: Exactly. So, it's like the it's like light is the enemy of beer, losing your soul is the enemy of enjoying delirium tremens. <laughs> Whatever the hell that means. My complaint here is that I had to drink the beer very fast, which I really don't mind that much, um, but Excuse
2: me. I'm, sorry. I'm, quick, quick. I'm sorry, I just love Rich, I, I'm just sorry, I just need a, ner- just need a nerd break here <laughs> this is amazing, that you are drinking delirium <laughs> trimens and because of the glass it's in, you're going, uh oh this is this is fucking my CO2 <laughs> and you're like I have to drink this as, as fast as I can so and I can enjoy ticking. it that is am- that's amazing. If you want beer. to, that's if amazing. you want
0: to get a master cicerone drunk, uh, hand them a uh, uh, several glasses of beer in nucleation or nucleated <laughs> beer glasses, and they will drink them amazing. fast. Amazing. That's amazing. It's frustrating. Sure, the beer looks good, but it's got no, it's got no substance because we're losing the CO two, right? And the CO two. Is the canvas that, upon which a lot, the flavors though? are written. Is that c- pretty yeah, common? Yeah. So so there are two versions of this glass. One is a lot of the glasses I have at home, which are old. And so they're just scuffed up. They're banged up on the oh, inside okay. of them. So they have you know, accidental nucleation sites. And then the other version is fancy pants glassware at bars, like Stella Artois has this. Obviously, uh, Delirium Tremens. I've, I see this in a lot of different glasses, um, glassware types where they have some logo etched into it to help you know it, look cool and enhance yeah. the visual appearance or the visual experience. But basically, the cynical way of looking at it is if you are sitting at a bar and you see across the bar someone drinking a Stella Artois or whatever beer that is, and it looks perfect, you're going to be like, ooh, that looks pretty good. I should order one too. And so these breweries are trying to... You know, use their branded glassware to make the beer look as good as possible, so that even though you don't enjoy the drinking experience yourself as the consumer, you the beer, end up. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I shouldn't say that. Yeah, you yeah. you end up on, wanting. Yeah, you I can, hope you yeah. enjoy the experience, but you, your experience is somewhat sacrificed by the fact that the beer is going to be flat before you know it. And so, but yeah, you end up just selling. The, you know that that brewery sells more of that beer because it looks good all the time.
2: Uh, real quick, and I know we're moving. Uh, Is there ever a reason where you
0: want a nucleated glass, where it's beneficial to a particular beer style? No, because that comes down – like if you want to get some foam in the beer, you know, in the pour, that comes down to the skill of the bartender or yourself if you're pouring yourself at home. You know, you just need to make sure you pour it right and drink at the speed you want. You know, like I, I like drinking beer. I like drinking beer fast. I'm okay with that. So I really enjoy drinking out of Mosses, okay? A Moss is the German liter stein or liter mug, Ooh. and that's 30, you know, if it's poured right, it's 33.8 ounces of, of beer. That's a lot of beer. People complain to me all the time. and say, oh, this thing is fun. It makes me think of Germany and all that, but by the time I'm I'm down to the bottom of this thing, my beer is warm and flat. Mm-hmm. And I get it, because if it takes you 40 minutes, forty you know, 50 minutes to drink this beer, then you know, tough shit. It's warm at the end. But if you drink it fast, then, hey, it's a huge amount of beer, and it's fun to hold that, that glass. It's a real tactile experience, and you end up drinking it fast, and, you know, yay, mm-hmm. it's time to get another one. <laughs> Are you suggesting I, I like... we all buy
2: Moss beer mugs? Is that what you suggest? suggesting? <laughs>
0: uh, I'm not against it.
1: Well, I'd ask them, can all... what, what, is, what is your philosophy regarding uh, glasses shaped like boots?
0: They're fun. They're a gimmick, you know? <laughs> sounds sounds like you're not on board. sounds like you're, you're they are not very COVID friendly. That's for sure. But you're supposed to, they're supposed to be oversized and you're supposed, you know, it's part of a, it's part of a social right, a drinking game, right? So you, you pass the, that was two different rights. Social right is an R I T E, then a drinking game, right? R I G H T question. So the idea is that you pass the boot around, you know, you take as much of a, you know, sip as you can. You drink until you can't drink anymore. And then you set the boot down. So if it leaves your lips, then you can't take a second sip. Wait, and that's pass the boot
1: it. rule. That's the rule of the boot. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then you because it's like a two liter boot. You know, the the most common size is a two liter size. So it's like, you know, it's like it's like a six pack of beer, sixty four ounces of beer. Basically, it's a six pack of seventy two ounces, but it's close enough. And then you you know, so you take as much as you can, and then you. S- you know, pass it to the next person and then they drink as much as they can. And they pass it to the next person.
1: Is this, is this, a, so, is that an actually Is that a German thing or is this an American? An Ameri- I don't I, know.
0: You know, I don't American know. Things we've done. There are a lot of fun German drinking traditions, but a lot of them are centered around just like, Hey, let's have fun, drink some beer. It's not like a competitive thing. Though there's, there's the Stein holding contest, which is pretty fun. It's like a bar method sort of thing, almost where you just like hold a, hold a Stein of beer out in front of you. Hopefully it's full with, it's filled with beer, but you can do an empty Stein contest too, where you just hold it out in front of you, like 90 degrees out in front of you, and whoever, you know, holds theirs the longest without dropping their arm wins, you know, so there's stuff like that. But I think the boot thing probably does. Get played or consumed in Germany, but it sounds like more of a teenager sort sort of mm. thing. You know, you can drink beer legally in Germany at age sixteen, so there's plenty of teenage years to to goof off and do that sort of thing. Um, I don't, I haven't seen adults do it though. Let's, yeah. let's be honest. Okay. But anyway, so so you pass around to the next person. The idea is at the end of it, some you know, and, and maybe you know, it takes. You, you might have three three shots at drinking this thing because it passes around. You know, if you're with four people, you might end up holding the boot three different times. And at some point, you're going to get kind of tipsy. You're going to forget the golden rule of drinking out of the boot, which is – well, the golden rule is hand it to the person left of you so that the toe of the boot is facing them. And then eventually, whoever's got those last few sips is going to forget to turn the boot as they drink it so that that – Toe the the toe the, the metatarsals and and tarsal bones of of, of beer end up fly, uh, flying into your face and you end up pouring beer. All over well,
1: wasn't that a, that was like a key plot point in a beer fest or whatever? Wasn't it? Yes, yes. I think it was. I loved it was loved like that key, movie. It was like a key thing was they figured out to yeah. turn the boot was like. Yes, I'm gonna I be honest. To.
2: I'm gonna be honest with you. I think I'd much rather drink uh, repurposed water beer <laughs> than to drink the last bit of this bit of the boot beer in a boot that's been passed around a room.
1: Well, it's not a real boot. It's it's a glass boot. It's not. A real... I
2: know the glass boot, but I'm still saying everybody's mouth has well, been in it. They've been <laughs> backwashing, and then you give me the last little bit. No, give me the repurposed well, was, water. Give me, the toilet, say, water. Though, give me w- the toilet water. I, w- I was nice. going to
1: say, though, if the three of us had a boot, I feel like that's getting two passes, tops. I don't know that that thing's getting passed. Rich, you said that it gets passed like four. It comes around to someone like three or four times. I think that's I think we could kill that boot in two.
0: I, I I'm I, I like your sentiment here. I <laughs> would rather just we all sit around with mosses and we each I each, I each a, get a boot. I agree. Own. I
2: agree, Rich. A
0: man after my own
3: heart.
2: Okay. I agree. So,
0: I do like I do remember playing this game in college where it's like a variation on quarters. I mean, not really, except that you pay to drink out of some large vessel, a pitcher or whatever it was, and you throw a quarter in it if you want to drink. Okay, this I'm this already, out, really of I'm already out. <laughs> out of it. I'm already out of it. I'm already out of it. Give me, me the water. Give me the repurposed so, water. So <laughs> give me the pitcher and it's my turn to drink, and I I throw a quarter into and I can drink mm-hmm. as much of it as I want. Okay. And then it's ah, I didn't finish it. So you pass it to the person on your left.
3: Oh
2: god.
0: And they can't drink it until they throw in a quarter. Eventually, uh, I'm gonna there are enough quarters in there that some some drunk sap is gonna be like, "Oh, I really should drink all of this. I should drink everything that's left here so that I can get the the two dollars and twenty five cents at the bottom of this pitcher."
1: And you make them drink the quarters,
0: <laughs> and then you make them drink the quarters, and uh, not even the yeast at the bottom of a of bottle <laughs> conditioned beer can can help with it's that.
1: Healthy. Uh, it's healthy. Cool. digestion it's healthy it helps yeah. you live. i don't think i
0: can I, I think i'm
2: done i think i'm done <laughs> <laughs> it's that, foul i can't believe i did that i can't believe i
0: survived is, it, that that pretty is it
1: is pretty, well we did we did king's cup was our big one you guys played king's cup right mm-hmm. oh yeah totally. know, yep, yep. yeah you're just pouring backwash into a middle cup and it's just a gross mm-hmm. mix oh, can of can beer stop? and wine and wine liquor. can we
2: stop i'm serious i'm gonna bomb Shug it.
1: that thing good times Ugh. anyway we it's were like Pong.
2: Beer pong. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so let's go into beer you... pong. I don't. Yeah. Beer let's let's gross. go into uh, being well, beer, beer, beer clean. Also. I like. I, I always like the phrase, Rich. Beer clean. When a glass is beer clean, and this is also something that, like, again, like, I don't want to like disparage people from going to the places they enjoy, but also at the same time, once I learn this, I do notice. I do know. I do notice when a glass mm-hmm. is not beer clean, and I appreciate it at least yeah. when it... it's not yeah. a deal breaker. Great. I'll drink some dirty beer. But I learned
2: this from Rich, though. I've learned. I can see a glass and be like, "That's not beer this, clean." This. I can look down on the establishment and be like, "This place has got to get their
0: shit together." Yeah, it's just about, it's like true. Larry
1: says. It's just about feeling better about yourself, really. Just as yeah. long as you know you're better. You know, than the
0: I'll place. even I'll even see this at a good place, but it's like, oh, why are all all the glasses coming out right now? Like when I got here, everyone's beers looked beer clean, and now no one's do. Yeah, oh, they're,
1: they're, the they're dishwasher has
0: run out of dishwasher detergent you know oh. a lot of these gla- glass washers oh, no. at um, at bars are just on an automated you know feed of of dishwasher detergent and if the bartender is busy or just forgot to to you know load a backup thing of dishwasher detergent then all of a sudden you're just washing glasses with hot water mm-hmm. and not actually any detergent so mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm probably scaring Larry gross, even more. Yeah. Here. No, no, I just, I'm just, yeah. no, no. You have to understand.
2: I used to wash those glasses. I know yeah. what we yeah. bring back out. Yeah, I I know. Know. Uh,
1: Well, we had, a, we had the Hobart was our when I worked in. Yeah. I worked in a restaurant. Well, yeah, in the Legoland. Hobart works on a. Yeah, the old oh, Hobart. Nice. Was, yeah, at a restaurante bricolini at Legoland. It was a <laughs> <laughs> Bricalini. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, we used to God. throw. it. Throw them in the Hobart and not think about it. And I, yeah, I I'm scared of that. Honestly,
2: yeah, no, work, no, it's, it's hilarious. Working, I used to love going to a bar and eating the fruit. Like, oh, can I have an olive after working oh, no. at a after working at a bar? Uh, I never, uh-uh. I never eat the fruit. <laughs> don't put yeah. that in my Don't put that in my glass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, so, at so all. rich,
1: so rich. Then getting to like, what is a beer clean? I guess. Oh, yeah. Let's get into like. I guess we don't need we don't need to get into how to clean a glass to be beer clean. No, no. But no. but what are the signs that a, a glass well, here, is not here's the beer point. clean yeah, or is the, beer the clean? The
0: point is that you don't want you don't want stuff in your beer that's not beer, right? And so the only thing I would allow is a little bit of water from from like a glass rinser, you know. But the the point of of a glass rinser is that it's going to take off any sort of uh, dust that might be in the glass or any sort of leftover um, dishwasher uh, residue, especially sanitizer. So I'll, I'll, a lot of the time, I'll get a glass that. You know, my beer smells like chlorine for some reason, and it's because there's a little bit of residual sanitizer from the dishwasher that's on the inside of the glass that didn't get rinsed off. So, by beer clean, I'm not only talking about stuff that's like gross, like lipstick or, or like you know, oil from you know, I I don't know, someone had a bunch of pizza and stuck their fingers in the glass mm, or something like that. It's that not just like, is,
1: that is real stuff. gross though. So I'm glad you said it. <laughs> that I'm is glad you it up. Thank you.
0: It's not just that, or even like oils from like a, a, lemon wedge. Okay. Put put a lemon wedge on, on a beer to garnish it or, or an orange wedge or something. There are oils in that fruit that end up staining the glass or not staining, you know, like depositing on the glass. And so those oils, any sort of, Fat-based thing, whether it's oil or uh, you know lip oils or orange oils mm. or soaps, like detergents, are fats. Technically, um, they end up uh, ruining the the uh, protein matrix of the the foam that's in uh, that's you know beer foam. So basically, if your head your beer is losing its head, like you know just the the head collapses or the foam foam collapses, it's, there's probably a little bit of some sort of fatty residue in the glass. Whether it's soap or lipstick or um, you know oils or something, if the glass smells like French fries or fried fish or something like that, because the the bar or the kitchen is using the same dishwasher for both the the glassware and the food, the the regular food dishes, that's kind of a tip off. That's a problem. Oh, um, and then another thing is uh, uh, that's everywhere. That's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, most everywhere. Place- yeah, a lot of places do that. Well, if you don't have a dedicated glass washer at the bar, then use uh, use a three compartment sink. So just hand wash the glasses. Yeah. I you know that's a lot to ask. No, we used to do that. We used to do that. Good. Do that. Yeah, a lot of places do it. They yeah. just, periodically,
2: um, if it was a lot of glasses, you got to take it to the back where they wash uh-huh. the dishes and just throw it through there. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's no f- – I'm telling you in an, in an ideal world, in an – ideal restaurant or bar you know this is how you should do it but you know i understand that you know it's not always like that um but something you know i i can tell that so larry i think this is what you're talking about too when you can watch from like across the bar you or sorry across the restaurant or whatever you can see someone has a glass of beer and they have a bunch of bubbles clinging to the inside of the glass inside the beer like submerged in the beer there's this like colony of of bubbles they look sort of like a caviar or something like that some sort of like you know Bubbles or eggs on the inside of the glass, and that is a sign that there's some sort of nucleation site that's causing gas breakout. It's often, in this case, it's usually um, something like uh, uh, fats or soaps or something like that that's wow. inside the glass because okay. it didn't get wiped down or clean well enough. Um, that's not to be confused, however, though, with lace. It's called lace, which is uh, foam that clings to yeah, the glass.
2: But you want that, Who yeah, after
0: that? you've sipped the beer. So like above yeah. the beer. So like you know, get a nice glass of beer, take a sip. The, the level of the foam, the level of the beer drops, but there's still a little bit of ring. There's like a ring of foam that sticks to where the foam used to be from the previous sip. Um, that is a sign of a beer clean glass. So the foam will cling if the if the glass is totally clean. So Rich, can I ask you a, I'm gonna ask you a real quick yeah. question? Just real quick.
2: And, and I think you might have told me this before, but like, you know, is it something where, like, if your kegs are kept in the same refrigerator as where your food
0: is, mm-hmm. can that affect the beer the flavor of the beer no it really shouldn't um it shouldn't the, the my only issue with that is that this is common all the time okay you go to a restaurant go to a bar uh you know there's one walk-in it's chaotic there is grease all over the floor that's been tracked in from the kitchen. You know, there's like lettuce that's like fall, like old wilting lettuce that's on top of the kegs. Like it's just a, it's a disaster, and that's just uh, that's that's peeling back the the curtain. That's just that's how just a mess of a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, bar yeah.
1: rescue type stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: it's regular that's kitchen bar con- nightmare. Bar commonality, but yeah, definitely <laughs> re- it's rescuable. Um But yeah, so that should not change the character of the beer. Okay, it's possible though that. If there is a keg that's been like taken out of service, it's still like half full, okay. And then it, so it's got a little, little bit of beer that's collected in the top of the you know the valve that's at the top of the keg, you know where the the coupler was taken off or the tap was taken out of the keg.
3: Yeah,
0: um, that can get moldy potentially. Uh, and okay. you know, if you want to get food involved, then maybe I don't know. Maybe someone you know some I lettuce understand. or some oil or something was I spilled I in there. I understand. I okay. See where I'm going. And no. it gets retapped, and that could get introduced in the, into the line. But that's ah, that's pretty. But nothing is nothing is going to seep through the lines and stuff like. No, that. No, it shouldn't oh. seep through the lines. It shouldn't seep through the keg. It's it's cosmetically unpleasant, you know, inside the walk-in, but it's not going to change the beer. It should be fine. Okay. Okay.
3: Gotcha.
1: So, so to to bring it back to the the glasses, yeah. So you want your bubbles rising. You don't want clumps of bubbles at the side. You want your beer lacing after you drink it. You want bubbles. Yep. Along mm-hmm. the outside i think it's the bubbles clumping that is like just an easy sign and an easy thing to see Cl-
0: clumping doesn't sound good yeah that's, yeah, that's good yeah, Good yeah, clumping.
1: and if there's a piece of yeah. lettuce like plastered on the side of the glass like it was cooked on by the hot hobart in the back by the yeah. dishwasher inexperienced dishwasher who's in high school and he's doing his best and he's working at a lego themed theme park yeah. and he's just trying to make a little money to buy shoes
0: please tell me that these glasses were made of lego
1: Sadly, no, but the man, sta- the, the Italian stereotype man standing outside the restaurant was, if that makes you feel better.
0: Yay, Italian stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> what was it bricolini. called? Bri- br- bricoli?
1: Ristorante Bricolini. We had pizzas. We had, I made Caprizi. I made little tiramisu and plastic cups. You Stop. It was it was fantastic. I was very good at hawking the uh, the Lego Bionicle themed uh, plastic souvenir cups. I was very good. If I, I think <laughs> upsell, that dates me to say, dates me to say Bionicle. I think I'm sure the Lego heads know how long ago that Bionicle was a thing. <laughs> oh my
0: god! It's so <laughs> embarrassing. It is.
1: Legoland has a very high satisfaction rate. Okay, higher satisfaction rate than Disneyland.
0: Oh snap! Hmm. Larry, Larry, I owe you five bucks. He did end up saying it. What did
1: I say? <laughs>
0: the old. <laughs> more satisfying than disney thing i think the I bet i think the bet was it. 50 i thought it was 50 no. <laughs> uh we'll talk about it later later yeah, about awesome
1: it? well you know what guys i'm looking at my watch and it's mustard o'clock and that means <laughs> yeah. it's time to get going yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, I think it was super helpful. Larry, uh, Rich, I guess I are, are there any other like last tips? I feel like we covered a whole lot today, and this is No, yeah, there's really so helpful. much more. Yeah. This
0: is just a teaser. That's all the big
1: stuff. Yeah, all right, we'll get into part two <laughs> later. Um, if you got any <laughs> questions for Rich, any if you want to ask about pairing, anything about beer, anything about wasn't clear today, email us at liquidbreadpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com.
2: Repurposing toilet water.
1: Okay, Repurposing toilet a... water. I'm curious what people think. Would you just email us at liquidbreadpodcast at gmail.com and say, would you drink? Toilet water that has been sanitized. Would you drink it?
0: And beautified into beer.
1: It's been beautified into beer even. Also, like feel free to write physical letters, physical mail, send it to Mountains Walking Brewery in Montana <laughs> telling them that we need a high CO2 beer, as well as uh what, a mustard beer? What else are we make it rich too? <laughs> If you enjoy, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do it. All. <laughs> if you enjoyed listening, please rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. We really appreciate any support. And feel free to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Both are at Liquid Bread Uh Rich, do you have anything else you want to plug before we go?
0: Yes, if you like visuals of any of the Glassware stuff I've been talking about, check out my videos on YouTube. So head to the YouTube channel, Master Cicerone Rich Higgins. Check him out.
1: Awesome. And Larry?
0: Instagram, the
2: talented Mr. Bates, Twitter, talented Mr. Bates. And uh I'll be on LA's finest coming up in the next month. I think it's on Fox September 20 something. I got to look at it. Oh yeah. yeah. Watch
1: LA's finest. Great. That's awesome. Um, And for me, you can just follow me on Twitter at, at Smith at Maddie Smith. Um, Mostly now it's about NBA playoff stuff is the subject of my Twitter world right now. Uh, Thanks everyone for listening Uh, until next time. Who wants, to, who wants to say our beloved catchphrase? I'm not.
2: I'm not I saying think, it. I think I, say I, it. I only make fun of it. I only make Barry. fun of it. So I can't say it. Right.
1: Happy beerings!
2: <laughs> Yay! Happy
3: beerings! Okay, uh, happy beerings! I got that.